0: The Max Level podcast for November 4th, 2019 is made possible by Level Down Games. Check us out over at leveldowngames.com for the latest reviews and brand new episodes of both Max Level, a video game podcast every Monday, and BG Mania, a video game music podcast every Wednesday. On with the show. The following episode has been paid for by the New World Order. Wait a second. No, it hasn't. This is Max Level. This is Level Down Games.
1: Hideo, tonight it is finally time to give you one of these. You're one of the most deserving men to have one. You've always been there for me, and you have never disappointed me. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our industry icon, Mr. Hideo Kojima. <laughs> Last night playing DVD was actually a good time. I like what they're doing with it now. I think I, I think we might
0: need to play it more regularly again. It was fun. I had fun. I enjoyed that uh, archives deal. The archives was good, even though I, I played much more poorly than I used to in the past because it's been so long since I played. It was, that was pretty it normal was, to me. It was fun getting back into it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I could uh, I could give you some pointers. I was I was on my A game
0: last night, so yeah. If I ever if I ever need to know how to Make sure I miss a skill check or go down okay. in the first 30 <laughs> seconds of a match. I'll be sure to contact either you
2: or Frank. Remember when you thought that I was on my second hook already and the match just started? You're like, oh, Kyle's dead. It was my first Like
0: I know, I, I, I know we just started, but is this your second hook? <laughs> I'm, I'm
1: one to talk, man. I was having a hard day last day. Hard day last day. You know, my, my, my still having a hard is, day yeah. today. You know,
2: my problem is is when the match starts and there's like a little bit of like downtime before you and seeing the killer. I'm usually like either we get in like some stupid conversations or I'm like reading something on Wikipedia. So then a skill check pops up and I'm like, oh, did I miss it? That's usually what happens, yeah, yeah. and then the rest of the game's downhill from there because they find me and I'm done. That's that's rough, dude. It's freaking rough.
1: Every time you take your hand off the keyboard, skill check pops up,
0: and you're like, no, 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 no. See, I don't have issues. I don't have issues with skill checks. I mean, I, I generally can even hit the great skill checks. Like, that's something that I've not well, had I generally issues with. can even hit the great skill but checks? I don't have a problem with that. it. Look at me. I mean, just, just saying, if you know how to play games. <laughs>
2: oh, 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 oh. I am kind of sad yes, that Halloween season's did. over, though. I mean, not sad that we're going into awesome, you know, like Thanksgiving season, which is like the best but Halloween season being done is like eh, oh man I don't feel like I watched all the scary movies I wanted to this season yet I feel like there's still some left in me well the event that we were
0: playing DVD for the uh, the Halloween event I think that runs through what the fourth is it yeah it's got a couple more days I think till Monday yeah so by the time you're hearing this episode if you listen to it the day it posts then it obviously is over but it was fun over the uh five days or so that it lasted, getting the double blood points again, which is why we really jumped back in. So always do appreciate yeah. when they do that kind of stuff. But if you didn't know, I'm loving it, baby. This mm-hmm. is Max Level, a weekly video game podcast brought to you by Level Down Games. For those who joining us, welcome home. Max Level is a breakfast powwow between four friends. This week, just three wrapped up in an all-purpose gaming show. On today's episode, the crew goes in-depth with The Outer Worlds and Luigi's Mansion 3. BlizzCon 2019 also took place over the weekend, and we share our thoughts on three of the biggest announcements coming out of Anaheim, including Diablo 4, World of Warcraft Shadowlands, and Overwatch 2. I'm your host, Brian, and joining us this week, we have, in the sound booth, he's got his stuff working, Realm of Darkness is online, it's Sean.
1: What's up, y'all? Catch Gotcha, bitch!
0: <laughs> also this week, with a fair bit of background noise apologies if i'm not able to remove some of it during post
2: production it's Kyle <laughs> we're going to try oh well good morning Brian good morning Sean i've got 3 kids running around back here wife is out of town it's me and the boys me and the boys <laughs> just like the meme says running around so uh, I, I, I'm, you know i might i might be up and down if you don't hear me for a little bit it's because i'm reprimanding an unruly toddler but uh <laughs> let, let's let's do this i'm i'm most excited just to win bonus stage this week so yeah yeah it's gonna be the <laughs> uh
0: the competition of the ages coming up later this on in the guy. show
2: special I shout out reject. to dance with the dead for
0: long it's music for our content everyone absolutely needs to go check these guys out and support their music they'd be found a big hip spotify Woo! soundcloud youtube pretty much everywhere check them out you will not be disappointed do not forget to head on over to apple podcast or wherever listening to us and leave that five star rating into review so we continue to climb the charts in terms of search results and i know i've been talking about it we are announcing the winners of the $10 gift card to a storefront of your choice for both Max Level and BG Mania. Uh, you know, I'm just going to go on and say slightly disappointed.
2: <laughs> we, uh, you know what? Good, good for the people who, who did contribute and uh, enter yes. themselves into the competition. And, and can I say the two people? So, yes, but it, you know what? It's free money, people it's it's free free money money for for just like a minute of your time
0: it's it it was just two people so there was really not a competition since we have two podcasts uh i'm just going to not draw names we're just going to give one a ten dollar gift card and the other one a ten dollar gift card that's very noble of you (laughs) (laughs) i like i would have (laughs) drawn (laughs) names congratulations
2: (laughs) to those people as well
0: yeah, uh, Techie G and uh, Bedroth, I mean, you know, you're both on our Discord channel, so I'll contact you guys through there and uh, we'll figure out which storefront you want and I'll get you guys a gift card to wherever, you know, $10 gift card. So thanks. Thanks for actually leaving the ratings interviews. Uh, if you, I, I probably honestly won't do that again for a while just because I see now that the reception wasn't too hot to it. <laughs> But maybe once our uh, once our listenership goes up again, I I will try that again and and we'll see what happens. But for now, please, if you want to help us out just through the good nature of the holiday season and being generous, leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. We really would appreciate it. Nice. Thank you. I want to kick things off this week with two games that we've been putting a lot of time into this week. It's now time for the return Of Tavern Talk. Sean, you've played one of those games, so I want to start with that game. That's The Outer Worlds. Oh, yeah, baby. I love it. Uh, Oh, man. The three of us, and then four if you count Frank. Frank unable to be here today because he is getting his car serviced and just was not able to schedule it at a different time besides the normal time that we record max level. But the, the three of us here on the show today have been putting a, a ton of time into the Outer Worlds. And before we really start talking about the game, before we really start talking about our experiences with with kind of like how we're playing this and and what we're doing, I want to introduce our characters so that we know who we're playing as and everyone else kind of understands a little bit about how we're playing. I kind of want to introduce our characters as if they are being introduced in like a Dungeons and Dragons game. Ooh. So I wrote mine out so you can kind of hear how I'm going to do this, and then I kind of want to oh, get. Oh, so a- yours is going to sound great, and ours is going to be off the
1: cuff. <laughs> well, well, do it live.
0: Sure. I mean, if you if you would have seen it in staff quarters like five or six days ago, you would have had a general
2: idea. <laughs> yeah, ready. I'm, I'm ready, Sean. I don't know what your problem is. <laughs> great, this guy. But I'll give you a little bit of
0: what I wrote out here. So my character, I named him Naoko. The reason I named him Naoko (laughs) and and I'll I'll tell you before I even get into that is I was creating the characters. and I noticed that they all kind of had a very like Asian feel to them and just the way that they looked and the way that they like just everything about it. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to run with what I kind of feel from this character. So I named him Naoko. Naoko is a drifting ex-con artist that is attempting to change his ways after being sent to Halcyon as a teenager. He oftentimes does the right thing when faced with making a critical decision. But getting to that point sees him using his silver tongue, high charisma and decently good looks to manipulate the world around him. He also is a bit of a kleptomaniac and freely takes anything he deems necessary to aid him on this journey known as life, so long as no one sees him do it. Specializing in melee weapons and handguns, Naoko approaches combat with a stealthy demeanor and likes to get in and out before even being noticed. His favorite companion is without question so far, Parvati. Nice. Kyle, do you want to uh, detail your character since Sean is not prepared? No.
2: Do. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's probably the best best new sound clip. (laughs) That's just your character. (laughs) <laughs> moving on, <laughs> moving <None>. on. <laughs> well, I did. I did Take name mine uh, Bruce, or it's either Bruce or Brucey, which is the name of literally all of my video game characters. Um, sure. But Brucey's a moralistic, upstanding Lancer that abides by a certain moral code unless money determines that it's more important than ethics. He's trained in (laughs) engineering, medical skills, hacking and lockpicking, and doesn't mind wielding a long rifle. I've got a lot to say about the long rifles in this game. I can't wait to get there. (laughs) Roams around with a very good looking young woman who's been working in Edgewater. Also Parvati. Gosh, what a good character. What a great character. We'll talk about her later too. And, and a semi-stupid cleaning robot that he found on the ship that he stole from a dead pilot. <laughs> I haven't used Sam that much, and uh, it makes me sad a little bit. I use Sam exclusively for the, for the voice line. For, for the child in the background. Yep, he thought he had something important to tell me he was completely wrong, though. <laughs> Shut up! Oh man.
1: You guys had some good ones, man. Those Here, were, come, those here were comes good. Sean. My guy's a here character. Comes Sean. That <laughs> exists
0: in the world.
1: I'm gonna read my guy like he's a like he's writing for a dating website. <coughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> Today we learn about Griswold, the swashbuckling backwater heavy gunner who was pulled from cryostasis just a little too early. Uh, Griswold's a man of moral integrity if it didn't exist, and he runs around stealing everything he can, doesn't care if anyone catches him and lies his way out of everything. (laughs) (laughs) Griswold runs around with a grenade launcher, heavy machine gun that he found called Old Reliable, the heaviest armor he can find, and a piss-poor attitude. <laughs> as this soon as he found it, <laughs> <laughs> I know this guy. As soon as, <laughs> as soon as he stumbled upon the groundbreaker or whatever it's called, what is is yeah, that the name it, of the it's ship? It's groundbreaker, yeah. The, the nutcracker. <laughs> 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 uh, and he found Ellie. It was love at first sight. Ooh. Ever since, the two just find each other, ravishing and cuss each other out at every turn. Full of debauchery full of debauchery and mischief the two of them run around the galaxy doing everything possible to piss off every denizen on every rock sarcasm is is uh griswold's game every text dialogue that you can pick that sounds even remotely like an a-hole he says it
0: (laughs) So you pretty much are, are playing yourself, you pretty much are playing yourself in the, in the game. <laughs> but the
1: best part about Griswold <laughs> is that
0: he's told every
1: crew member to get off his ship and then feels bad once they start to cry on their way out and <laughs> to I've come not,
0: back. I've actually not actually selected that option, is that what you you've actually done that?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I walked up to Parvarty. and I walked up you. to her and we were I'll talking all the dialogue and everything and I just I just clicked on it like maybe it's time for you to go and she said like, what no I, I wanted to be here and then it's like all right you can stay
0: <laughs> just like emotionally abusing your companions
1: I love it no. so anyways Uh, let's see. I think the best part about playing as Griswold, though, is that at first I was like the nicest dude. I had this plan that I was going to be like, uh, like a heavy melee guy and I was going to be a nice guy and like everything. And and through the most part, I was nice on the first level. And then as soon as I realized that I was a vagabond and I could do whatever I want, I was like, you know what? F this. I'm I'm stealing everything. I'm a bunch of people in the nuts and I've never looked back. I love it. Ellie loves it because we're, we're just space pirates. And Sam just does whatever we want because he's a wuss, so it's great.
0: I think that's the nice thing thing about the Outer Worlds. I think that's the nice thing about the Outer Worlds in general is that there is so much freedom. And we can kind of take that as like a jumping off point to really start talking about the game now. Um, There's there's so much freedom that it allows you to play and do almost anything that you want to do. And it's 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 so refreshing to to play a, a good game like that again. Uh, that that is that it has all these like deep RPG mechanics and freedom of choice to where, you know, the three of us talking about our characters and our playstyles just now, we're all playing remotely different characters and remotely different playstyles. You know, I'm kinda going the more stealth, melee, handgun route, Kyle the more ranger, long gun route, Sean the bulking, heavy, gunnery type character you always play as. And mm-hmm. I'm sure, I'm sure if Frank was here, he'd be riding around in the same boat as Sean.
2: Frank that's generally Frank plays. Great.
0: Frank generally likes to play himself in games.
2: <laughs> just large charge and gets the feeling. What is it? What's his saying that he always says? Large and charge and loves to barge. I don't remember what he says, but
1: He's <laughs> a no real big
0: dude.
2: That's pretty much it. <laughs> and he'll hear that
0: later, but yeah, like you just have the option to really play how you want to play and that's what i've been enjoying the most about the outer worlds i love it
1: i think it's a fun game i was telling brian at first i wasn't digging it because i felt like there were no consequences to my actions like i i legit did everything wrong on the groundbreaker and no one cared i um i don't want to spoiler alert this but the game's
0: been out for a while and it's like the second place you go to we can we can we can have a little bit of freedom to talk about that place i think groundbreakers okay
1: groundbreakers okay so i'm stumbling around and i like back alleys like if you're a harry potter fan if it was a game i'd be all up in nocturne alley just like seeing what i could find and who who to buy shifty things from so i don't know if you guys found this or not but did you get did you guys find the squatter's haven like you, you yes. go down, like, you crouch through this little hole, and you find this, like, sewer, and then you find, like, two mattresses or whatever.
0: Yes, yes, there's actually more down there that, as no. well.
1: There's actually a little I'm bit more sure down there as well. Yeah, so I I kept going and I found myself getting to like the back area of the medical bay and you're not supposed to be there. Okay, unless sure. that's, you're Okay, that's,
0: ta- that's what I was talking about is there's a little bit more down. I didn't know if you kept going, but yeah, that's that's what I was talking about. So here's the funny part. Like
1: there's two types of people in this game that play this game. There's the person that sees that and goes, oh, I shouldn't be here. And they turn around and walk away. And then there's Griswold.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Who's like, I should be here.
1: (laughs) I walked in. I walked in. This this will tell you, like, my whole entire experience playing uh, Outer Worlds in, like, one story. I walked in, and it was, like, unauthorized groundbreaker. And I was like, all right, does anyone see me? That was number one. Then I take everything I can because I'm like, I shouldn't be here. I should get what I can. Then I make it out into, like, past the little operating room, and there's a... There's a guard there and I didn't realize that the, all the guards names were the same. I think it's Mardet, right? Yeah, those like that, that's actually their like title or whatever. Yeah i see this Mardet, and i'm like all right i want to keep on going but there's this Mardet here what do i do and it took like two seconds for me to be like let's chalk this bee off the board you know i ran up with my power hammer i was stealthed and i just stood up behind her and was like whoop Wow! And like knocked her down in one hit, right? And then I look around and I'm like, "All right, no one else can see me. We're all good." I go out those double doors into the sick bay, and all of a sudden, you're allowed to be there. And there's a key card on the table right next to the door that gives you permission to be behind the line. So, so I wrote this guard off for no good reason and now i have a badge that tells me that like i can go back and
0: like well there are even once you have that key card there are still a few areas that are unauthorized entry and i found those too what i what i I like about the unauthorized entry stuff is that you have like a holographic thing that changes your appearance on the fly as long as you have cartridges to fill it and as you move around In these unauthorized areas, your, you know, ability to be back there slowly diminishes. Like your cartridge only has a certain amount of time that it works for. It works on your followers, too. It works on your followers as well. And you can have up to three at a time, like up to three cartridges on your holographic thing at a time. And once the first one runs out, then it'll go automatically to your next one. So it gives you a little bit more time if you have all three. But it's, it's really nice to play around with that because it does give you... A little bit of non-consequential, like you don't have to take out the guards if you're, you know, if you're not Sean to uh, to to go back there and <laughs> s- to see what's
2: going on and potentially loot some loot some items. <laughs> I do want, I do want to say that that card though that cloaks you and your allies i turned around and my allies were following me and didn't look like my allies and had to reload once i started shooting them <laughs> <laughs> i got so spooked i was like oh they're on to me
0: like K-k-k-k-k-k-k-k-k.
2: and i was like oh, i'm an idiot well you can't, girlfriend. you
0: can't kill your allies
2: right no i don't think so but you just alerted I, them I, that I, you were it back was there stupid yeah it was just dumb. And I had saved like 20 seconds before it wasn't that big of a deal. It was like, okay, no more being stupid, Kyle. We can do this. <laughs> Put your head on your shoulders.
1: You know what I really enjoyed, though? If you get those shrouds, I walked right into like the armory and just jacked everything I could and walked out. And it was a great way to start the game off, you know?
0: Well, yes, but did you take too much to where you already like encumbered? Or did you are you fully investing in? being able to carry as much as you physically can
1: i'm a big dog dude like I, I got heavy armor i got heavy guns i i level up a little bit for my carrying ability so yeah i'm, I'm game i can carry it all i've i've put a couple points into that and i think most yeah. of the talent points that i've used have been for like
0: basically being a tank you know so i'm, I'm all around just a big dude and i've went more the route of unlocking speci- uh, specifically talking about the perks and the talents i've, I've met more went the abilities, refreshing, um, extra health, that kind of stuff. I haven't really gone to armor type stuff or being able to carry more.
2: I've done a little bit of what you've done as well, Brian. Um, you know, the, with, the, with the bullet time, what it, you know, whatever the, it's T-timers, whatever yeah, they call it's, it. it, it, it right? It's not VATS, but it's basically VATS. Yes, I exactly. call it hammer time. Yeah, yeah, the hammer time. It's a, you know, I've, I've gotten some of the perks that help refresh that and lengthen that a little bit. I am kind of disappointed with the perks, and and I do want to point out that as much as I'm enjoying this game, and as much as I think all of us are enjoying this game, some of it does leave me a little bit disappointed. No, for um, sure. I, I, feel,
0: I feel the same way. There's a lot yeah. of disappointing aspects.
2: There are. Yeah. I feel like the perks are pretty underwhelming. I feel like the skills, though, every one of the skills gets used a lot. I use medical a lot. I use engineering a lot. I use lockpicking a lot. I don't feel like leveling them up really has too big of an effect on the overall game either. It's also incredibly easy to level yes. them up. <laughs> yes, I've got, I've got I, I don't half know, of my bad. things leveled up very high. Um, so I'm on the other end of that, but I hear you. Keep going. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, feel that, I feel that leveling up the skills don't do much. I feel like the perks don't do overall too much. And so the progression in the game is kind of stagnated after just a couple hours. You know, once you find a, a couple of weapons that really do some decent DPS, you can upgrade them a few times and I assume use those weapons for a good majority of the game because I've been playing with the same weapons for quite a while now and they're working just fine against the enemies that I'm up against. And I'm on hard difficulty. And so the game is kind of easy. The progress leaves a lot to be desired. However, those things being said, the plot of the game, the storytelling of the game, the characters and the narra- narrative and the dialogue, all of those are so strong and so intriguing that I think that the game stands on those two legs entirely with without the need of a very deep RPG system. And so, so the game kind of stops being... Uh... <laughs> yeah, go ahead, bud that's good dad Kyle right to me. Yeah, there yeah there he is um I I the game stops being kind of an action RPG at some point for me and kind of started being this this not a visual novel but a very intriguing story would you get out of here <laughs> 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 Jeez, <Liz. laughs> if I were you I'd be like <laughs> how you doing what how you doing? are you having a good day what <laughs> you're gonna ask me some questions what do you understand me what <laughs> you know I, I i am playing the game much more for the story and for the characters now the action is fun again the gunplay the gun is fun um the environments are beautiful <laughs> the gunplay is a lot of fun the environments are gorgeous those things are keeping me playing. And for those reasons alone, I think that it's, you know, if I were scoring the game, I would give it a really high score based on those things because I do love those things so much.
0: Yeah. No. And Sean, yeah. you said you were on the uh, the opposite end of the spectrum, though, in terms of the skills. I, I I'm assuming. I haven't put any skills into hacking or
1: technology or anything. My dude is a brute force, dude and I get locked out of stuff a lot. Like I can't access terminals, like I can't do certain things. And so I have to rely on just breaking walls down and <laughs> doing whatever I can. So I I actually like have considered changing the people that follow me around to have more like, hacking or whatever ability i think sam has that ability to like boost your hacking a little bit or like different things i'm not sure but i haven't i haven't leveled any of that up and i've put a couple points into it so far but it's not scaling with the story like you have to commit those points to scale with the story i think the beginning of the game yeah to give you a taste they'll let you like be in easy mode but then after a while your choices of leveling up your stats really do affect what you can do like I've gone to like a second place and I can't use one of those abilities anymore because I haven't leveled it up. Yeah, I mean, like I think the progression is meant to be like more of a gradual downfall than maybe an instantaneous one, which is interesting because it lends itself to um, it's it's kind of boring
0: at first because you can do everything. There's no adversity, you know? Well, I haven't had I haven't had uh, a point in the game yet where I haven't been able to do something that I wanted to do. And I don't know if it's just because of the build that I initially started with. Uh, You know, I kind of did go more like a scientific route, uh, thinking and knowing that this was very much going to be a fallout type of a game because it's what it was meant to be from the start. And in those games, your, you know, your ability to hack and your ability to access terminals and your ability to persuade and lie and be charismatic generally is all you need to get through the game and see everything. I've been doing all the side missions. That is something I've kind of been you know, kind of going out there and making sure that I do. I'm not skipping anything because even if you do everything, this game isn't that long. Like if you do the main story stuff and all the side missions, the game itself is about thirty five hours, so it's not a too terribly long of an experience, but it's fun while it lasts. And I do agree more with Kyle, I think, in that the game is just relatively too easy. It's too easily accessible because, like I said, I haven't really been locked out of anything. And then the leveling process has been so fast that i haven't had the need to really do anything else like i'm actually to the point now and i'm a little bit ahead of where you guys are at but i am just sitting on points now to where if i reach a terminal that say maybe requires 80 hacking and i have 65 well i have 40 points that i can invest right now because i haven't invested any points since i've got to the point where i kind of felt like i was over leveled to where i should have been. So now if I see something or if there's a dialog option that I know I want to choose, I generally just will reload a save that maybe is like five or ten minutes before that, get back to that point, invest the points that I know that dialog option is going to be there for and then move on. So I've just been kind of saving my points to where and, and investing them in the section that I need to in order to get the choice that I want, which is, I think, why I have really felt like I haven't really been locked out of anything yet.
1: Like my followers, I was fighting with a shock cannon, and it's a lot like what Winston has in Overwatch, which I'm sure we'll talk about later. So I was using it on mech units because it's all I had at the time. And one of my followers, I think it was Sam, he chimed in. He's like, hey, I don't think that's working too well, boss. (laughs) (laughs) Like they actually give you feedback in the game of what works against certain mobs and stuff. So it's not like just this guessing game, you know, like. Like when you played Oblivion, there were two things about Oblivion I hated, was that the status effects, you never could really tell what they did. And then also, whenever you did something wrong, a guard would leisurely stroll all the way across town and then walk up into your face and be like, what are you doing? You know, so they they eliminated both of those in this game. And that's that's the last thing I wanted to get to was like when you steal stuff, if someone's there on the spot, they'll call you on it and they'll give you that classic oblivion scolding. They like zoom into your face. What do you think you're doing, man? Or, you know, whatever. And and that's cool because you can lie your way out of it instead of having to bribe or fight. And then, of course, the other one is like they actually let you know about what you're doing in the game through the feedback of the characters and the story progression.
0: And combat dynamics and stuff, so I really dug that. I like what you were talking about with with Sam giving you feedback on the weapon, because that that's kind of the last thing I wanted to really focus on before we before we move on. And and Kyle, we'll, we'll get to whatever you were gonna say here in a second, but I want to tie this in with Sean's. I'm really disappointed in the lack of companionship that there actually is. Like, there's a decent foundation there. There's a decent foundation with your companions being critical to the story and being critical to you as a character. But there's so much room for there to be more. And for this being a, you know, a deep RPG experience, very much embaked in the the Fallout, Bethesda, Elder Scrolls style. There are some like quest lines that these companions have that are unique to them, which is fun to learn more about their their past and their plot and kind of like what makes them tick. But they're not being some type of like companionship or romance options or anything like that really has soured my my taste on the companions besides Parvati, because I'm not emotionally connected to them. Like there's there's nothing keeping me there connected to them. Like in, in these types of games, romance is one of the first things that I always will try to figure out my path on because, like, I always generally go that route and it helps me more connect with the characters. And I feel like those types of games get more stories out of their NPCs and out of their playable characters even. And when I found out that the Outer Worlds didn't have anything like that in there, like there's no, you know, you think to like some of these other RPGs like, if we played, like, idiots, like we do sometimes, stealing, lying our way out of things, that negatively impacts your companions. So they they might think of you less because you're out there being a scoundrel or being a douchebag or whatever. But here, they just run along with it. Like you said, you and Ellie out there just, you know, killing every fucking person you see and having a good old time doing it. Well, she does that, though. Well, yes, but, like, that's... She doesn't give a crap. Yes, but there's no way to... They're, like you're not gaining positive charisma with her, or negative because of that. And yeah, you only and get it on major decisions for quests, right? Correct. Yeah, like the the ones that are meant to be affecting your, I guess, overall character. Like some of the decisions you make that'll affect things, but that's it. Like there there's so much room for them to have added more because I think that's an aspect of the game that's sorely missing, and for for them having such a strong cast of characters like we kind of briefly talked about Parvati uh probably my favorite character introduced in a game in 2019 so far Uh just yeah, as someone great. that you're not playing as like her dynamic the way that her demeanor is the way that her voice actor like actually recorded those lines even it's very endearing and she's very like what's the word oh, Kyle what's the word I'm looking for like she's very I don't know I don't know
2: yeah, she she has, I love she, her I love her I do too and the voice acting is yeah definitely she seems like a real character the voice acting in this game is superb by the way from everybody i mean really great voice acting um i did want to report
1: quickly on a story that polygon was reporting do you guys know who um who fergus urokart is or ukahart i like i i suck at pronouncing names so he is he's the developer who worked on fallout 2. okay and and so like all those years ago He was the developer working on Fallout 2 and some kid couldn't afford the game and his parents, like, made him believe that he wasn't getting it for like Christmas, right? So he contacted, the kid contacted Black Isle, who was the developer behind Fallout 2, and the developer, you know, who was in charge of it was Fergus Urquhart. So, Fergus actually sent the kid a free copy of the game way back when, 21 years ago, Fallout 2, right? So, the kid actually got it for Christmas, anyways. So, he had two copies of the game and he didn't know, like, you know, what to do with them, right? And back then, you just probably gave the whole disc away or whatever. You just kept it. So, this guy who got the game is actually a Reddit user. He goes by Tuxedo Jack. And Polygon's reporting this. I'll link you guys to the article, I guess. Um, so, Tuxedo Jack actually reached out to. Um, to Fergus again because he is the developer now at Obsidian who's who worked on the Outer Worlds so he reached out to him again and he was bummed out about the exclusivity on the Epic Game Store and uh I'll read the support ticket verbatim except for i'll bleep out one of the words <laughs> he <laughs> says in 1998 fergus urquhart sent me a copy of fallout 2 because i emailed black isle and said my parents couldn't afford to buy it for me that's a real thing that happened and a super weird story in retrospect now 20 plus years later as a tax-paying adult i am ready willing and able to spend money on the latest title from my absolute favorite developers it's an ex- and it's exclusive on pc to the epic game store for an effing year Dude, this sucks. This <laughs> is very adult uh, in his grammar, right? Sure. Uh, he says, "I've invested thousands of dollars into my Steam library, and I really don't want to have to download the Epic Launcher. Please don't make me." So, Sean, stop right here. This dude sounds like a complete nanny, like ninny. Ninny boo boo. Yeah, see, I don't,
0: I, I, don't, I don't see why like downloading a, a storefront is such a big deal. Yeah, but I, I, I don't subscribe not. to that at
1: all, right? Yeah. So he says, Mister Ur- the same page there. if i repay my debt to you from 1998 can we somehow reduce that exclusivity weight i can paypal you immediately for fallout 2 plus interest from the last 21 years so if anyone got this this is a support ticket that he that he submitted by the way so he sent it to the company in a support ticket i would have looked at it and said this kid's an idiot like i want i want everybody to know if you can't download the epic games launcher and you're that pissed because you're a steam person you should probably uninstall your entire life like
2: <laughs> There's no
1: reason why you can't download one launcher to play a game like we all do it. Get over yourself. So anyways, he got a response and this is the best response that anyone could ever give. And that's why I have so much respect for Obsidian and especially this guy, uh, Fergus, right? They sent a note back that says, hi, John, thank you for reaching out to us. <laughs> so I talked to Fergus and he asked me to respond with this. Quote, hey, John, that is is amazing that you remember that, and I'm glad that you did. I think I'm going to, quote, help you out again. Here's a key to the Epic Game Store for the Outer Worlds. (laughs) I'm not saying this is a challenge or anything, but what will you do? (laughs) (laughs) All the best, Fergus. So this guy, this guy is so stupid, man. (laughs) You write a developer with this beef, right? And then you go through all this trouble and he uh, he gave the key away to like someone on Reddit. He didn't actually he was, use he, it. He, because he was willing to like buy the game. So it's just like Obsidian does it right. You know what I mean? Like the game has a lot of heart behind it. And you can tell that it's a love letter to what we've lost. Because let's face it, I, I have... I've been critical of Bethesda in the past. I still love them. I still love what they do. I'll still support them as a studio, but they kind of have lost the magic that like Fallout New Vegas had or, you know, things like that. And people have been clamoring for it. And this, this is what I look at Outer Worlds as, is it's a love letter. It's a love letter to a style of game that we just don't have anymore. And I I am okay if it's lacking in certain areas. It's a feel-good
0: game. You know what and, mean? I th- and I think that goes back to what Kyle kind of said there a little bit about uh you know the scoring the game officially for for reviews and, and critical reception that you know there is a reason why the game still is scoring relatively high even with its many issues that it has even with its lacking certain things because it is a love letter it is such a good game you know when when it boils down to core mechanics and and things that we appreciate from a game so i i i agree with you there and i and i think that's a good place to uh a good place to end it for now, just because I know neither of us have finished the game yet. <laughs> we really yeah, can't talk too much. So, yeah, we, we definitely will finish it soon, I'm sure, uh, being that the game isn't too terribly long. But uh, it, it was it, it's been fun and I, and I have been enjoying myself. But there's another game that I want to talk about here for a few minutes that I've also been immensely enjoying. Kyle, you're also playing it. Yes. Luigi's Mansion three and what i'll let you kind game, of jump man. off on this one because i know luigi's mansion is one of your
2: favorite franchises and specifically your wife's so i will it uh is. I, I, I will, I will like see what you're thinking on here it's like my wife's second or third favorite franchise of all time she loves the luigi's mansion game um the, the, the whole series of them and she's out of town right now so i have the switch all yeah I was myself. Say, she,
0: she ha- has she not played it yet or has she seen has it? Has she's not been out of town, it. right yeah she has
2: not played it um I guess has a lot to say about it too. My, you know, my, you know. That being said, my kids love watching it too. And this is one of those games where you can boot up, and you can have your kids sitting on your lap, and you don't have to worry about. And I love Nintendo for that. You know, you don't have to worry about what's going to pop up on the screen because you know that you know it's going to be funny, it's going to be silly, but it's still going to be a good time. They can make these all ages games really appropriately good for literally anybody. I'm 33 years old, just about. And I'm loving this game. Gus, boy, (laughs) you are just really chit-chatty right now. He's been silent for like 20 minutes, but (laughs) but (laughs) when he comes up and he's, he's, he's ready ready to talk
0: about it. He loves it. He wants you to play it right now. He does. That's his other kid.
2: we already asked him today. Will you play the Mario ghost game? (laughs) Yeah. 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 He asked me that earlier. He goes, will you play that today? It was the first thing he asked me when he woke up. (laughs) you know and i think this coming directly after the outer worlds in our discussion i think is really appropriate because we just talked about how the outer worlds does kind of feel like an aged game right it is a love letter back to fallout 3 and fallout new vegas and in some respects i think that luigi's mansion 3 does as well it really doesn't feel that much different than luigi's mansion one or dark moon the except, core gameplay except for is the and that, same that mechanic yes, for the, yes that there mechanic. are new mechanics uh but the core game is really still the same you're walking yeah. around a giant building hunting ghosts and you're sucking them up with a vacuum that's on your back and it's silly and egads hiding out in a little hole and he's helping you the core game is the same yes but it but that doesn't make it not a fun game. Yes, absolutely. That's what I want when I start up a Luigi's Mansion game. I want a new adventure and, you know, a new mechanic or two in there. Gooigi is a really cool mechanic that works really, really well.
0: Yeah, like I I didn't really appreciate Gooigi much until... What was it like the I, and I don't know if you've gotten here yet, so I hope this isn't too much spoiler content for you, but I think it was I think it was the the fifth floor of the tower or hotel that you're in and you have to go and find these like, you know, suit of suit card suit keys you know, you had to find a diamond key and a spade key and a club. OK, key and, I haven't done those keys yet. I'm not super okay, far in. OK, um, you you need to really utilize Guiji on that floor because the stores that you have to go into are locked. You know, it's after hours and the bars are down and guiji is how you bypass, you know, bars and being able to squeeze through places or go through a vent to access, you know, a hidden area in a room or you know a connecting room that's otherwise locked that you have to clear with Guiji. so you go through these bars and you are defeating ghosts and collecting the keys and it was at that point that i really appreciated guigi and the way that he works with luigi because if you activate guigi say while luigi is using the the poltergust 3 is it it's not the 3000 but it's the uh it's like the 300 poltergoo polter goo or whatever it's called in this game yeah but the like if you switch over to guigi while luigi is actually sucking and using it you can actually that, that's how you solve certain puzzles because you need to say have
2: two win streams instead of just one and it's actually been exactly, really fun yeah i d- i do like the like you said the the kind of the simultaneous play that you can do between the two that makes that makes things a lot more interesting and it opens up a lot more different puzzles that you can do as always, the aesthetic and the the overall feel of the game, the, the spooky hotel that you're in, is perfect. They've done such a good job. Um, things are a lot more interactable in this game too. Yes, much my god, I am interacting with everything. Yeah, yeah, and all it's the dressers so and the long. armors. Yeah, you can like I, I never anything. would have spent this much time in the first game. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it It really, yeah, it does take a long time. But I also like seeing the different interactions with things. Especially, yeah, I've, I've almost made it my point. Like, I'm a janitor. Like, I go in there and like, yeah. suck up everything in a room. Like, yeah, I will clean gosh, up all the this trash. This place is a dump. <laughs> the one thing that I, that I do like and that I've noticed, and they've always done a good job of this. But the animations of the ghosts, specifically a lot of the boss ghosts are so good they have the the silliest funny little animations that you do when you suck them up or when you're fighting against them that are so fun to watch and I've, i'm always excited to see what happens when i suck up a ghost because they're going to do something silly as they go into the vacuum you know yeah the um and, and speaking of that the the first thing that i had
0: to do man because I, I started playing the game with default controls And I was like, you know what, I'll just kind of go with this. I I normally always go in there and customize controls if it's an option to do so or or really just see what I can change and what I can't. But I went in there default controls thinking it was going to be the best experience for me. And it wasn't. I had to actually make it so that way because, you know, when you're actually using the, the vacuum or trying to shine the light or do anything else, like eventually you get a black light and plungers and that kind of stuff for your vacuum cleaner. That you can utilize to solve different puzzles and and do different things and find hidden and secret stuff. But if you're using it and you're using the analog stick as like a a way to move around, your vacuum doesn't turn. You become locked and like you start strafing and you have to use the right stick to control the vacuum. Well, there is an option in the game that lets you switch it to like a more classic style to where when you're sucking And and using the vacuum, the analog stick turns you as well. And I played the first probably like two hours without that on. And then I switched it over and immediately just started enjoying the game even more. Because then like I was having a hard time aiming at the ghost with the light because I would know I was noticing that the way that I play, I would have to like move my thumb off of certain things and move my fingers in in positions that just didn't feel natural in ways that I, I, I shouldn't be having to use the controller like this to play the game and then when i switched that it was just a lot more comfortable and a lot better of an experience for me
2: that's good to know i think i need to make that switch too because one of my biggest complaints so far and this has been a a complaint throughout the luigi's mansion games is the controls he grand i mean kind of controls like a tank think think old resident evil 2 you know the the yeah. the original resident evil games that's kind of what he feels like he he's kind of makes wide turns sometimes and hard to really control where you're pointing i find myself because i played the uh luigi's mansion and dark moon on the 3ds wanting to use gyro controls a lot yeah I, I do find myself doing that because I'm used to that. Um, but I'm getting more used to, the you know, how it's supposed to be done. But you're right. I, I think I need to go in and change those controls to how you have it. I think that would be a more natural feel. Yeah, try like, it because it, it's worked immensely
0: for me in terms of my enjoyment of the game. OK, OK. I will. Yeah, I I think that might help you out a little bit, too. And I and and it's unfortunate because I, you know, we we have been playing so much of the Outer Worlds this week and Luigi's Mansion 3 came out on Halloween. And, you know, we're recording this on Saturday. So literally two days removed from the game coming out. We haven't had as much time this week to put into Luigi's Mansion 3. I know, Kyle, you're just a few hours in and I myself am about, I want to say, probably six, seven hours in. I I haven't had a really a chance to check out any of the multiplayer stuff, like actually playing co-op with people or doing the screen park stuff, which is like mini games that you can play. I haven't done any of that yet. I've literally yeah, just been focusing either. on the story um, and, and the story that's there. I mean, obviously it, it is typical Luigi's Mansion style. You go somewhere and then something happens and I'm trying to avoid as much spoilers as I can for the minimalist story that's there. But instead of just having to find Mario, there's multiple characters now that you are going to have to track down and and save from these ghosts. And And I do think that's pretty cool. And I guess I, like I, I, I message you as like I started playing it on Halloween night, like after midnight, as soon as it came out. I love how the title screen changed. Was that not the coolest thing? Like it starts out. Everything. Yeah, so I freaking remember happy. you mentioning that. Like it, it's it's so vibrant and so yeah. happy. <laughs> but it was really, it had a storyline really cool. purpose cool to why that was the case. Like yes. there is a reason in the story initially to why that's the case. And then things get Crazy and spooky and, you know, typical Luigi's Mansion's flavor and and fanfare. And I just how they kind of handled that whole situation was really cool to me.
2: Definitely. If you, I mean, if you're a fan of the Luigi's Mansion games up to this point, you will enjoy this one. I think that this is so far in the few hours that I've played the, the most polished and finest experience of them, you know, so far. They've really fine tuned it. Absolutely. I think this is easily the best
0: Luigi's Mansion game so far. Like this is definitely... Leaps and bounds better than the first and and quite a bit better than than Dark Moon as well. I, I've been having a lot and of fun much with more of
2: the open, open feel of the first as well. A lot of people like that. They don't like the yes. level design of Dark Moon. So if you didn't like the level of design of Dark Moon, you will like the open hotel and, you know areas open as you progress through the game and you can go back as many times as you want. There's no time limits or anything like that. You really are free to explore this hotel. Um, Very, I mean, very fun game. Don't, don't sleep on this one. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely agreed.
0: Before we get to the game challenge update, it's time for this week's preview of BG mania, a video game music podcast. We'll be taking a listen to manga number five, not mambo. Number five, manga number five from river city girls. As this week, Brian and Frank dive into one of Brian's favorite soundtracks from 2019 thus far. Enjoy. forget to catch this week's episode of BG Mania, a video game music podcast this Wednesday at 5 a.m. Eastern on your favorite podcast app of choice. Obviously, Frank's not here, so we will still update the game challenge for this week. And it's going to be very brief because I did not finish anything this week. I've been playing those two games that we talked about. That's all I've played this week. uh, The Outer Worlds and Luigi's Mansion 3. I've yet to finish either one of them, so... Uh, I'm still at 91 games, just like I was last week. I should be at 88. Uh, Frank, if if he was here, I don't know if he's finished anything or not, but he should be at 44 games and he is at 44. So we'll get his update next week as we move to the next round and see if he finished anything. Hopefully by next week, I'll have both of the games we talked about today finished and then and then maybe after party as well, because that was something else we were going to talk about today. But neither neither of us on the show. I think even Sean has access to because you have Game Pass as well. Um, None of us, none of us had a chance to check out after party yet. So that that might be something else that I get around to doing this week as well. But that music right there means it's you got you're stuck on the nut. But that music right there (laughs) (laughs) means it's time for the seven day forecast for the week of November 4th. But first, we have some Metacritic results to get from from the previous week. We did four games last week. Uh, Myself, Frank and Sean, we started with after party. I said 80, Frank said 84. Sean also said 80, 16 reviews, 81. The official Metacritic, myself and Sean, closest with 80. So we're both getting a point no. there. Atelier Riza was next. I said 78, Frank said 72, Sean said 73, six reviews so far. 79, the official Metacritic. I was closest with that 78 guess. Luigi's Mansion 3 was next. I said 82, Frank said 93, Sean said 90, 74 reviews. 86, the official Metacritic. Myself and Sean, again, closest. Sean with his 90, me with my 82. We're splitting it with that 86 Metacritic. So again, points to myself and Sean. So as of time right now where we're at there, Sean has two points. I have three. Goes us to Death Stranding, which I know it's not out yet, but I told you the reviews came out on the first. We've been heavily talking about these reviews since they came out because the game is so decisive. I said 92. Frank said 79. Sean said 86. 73 reviews thus far. On Metacritic, 84. The official Metacritic. So Sean, closest with that 86 guess, which means at the end of those four games, Sean and I each have three points apiece. Uh-oh. So it is currently a tie. Which means we go to the prices right rule. Sean and I were under, both under on After Party. I was under on Atelier Ryza. I was under on Luigi's Mansion 3. Sean was over on Luigi's Mansion Ooh. 3, but Sean was going. dead on. Death Stranding. And I was talking to Kyle a little bit about this last night because I, I literally was putting this together after we played DVD and Sean, you'd already kind of bounced out and went to sleep. I think that we have to go with you're dead on for Death Stranding counterbalances you being over on Luigi's Mansion 3. So I, okay. think, I think we end this week in a straight tie.
1: Hey, like like you I, I'm on the price like is right and I guessed the exact one so I should get $500. Yeah, sure. Yeah.
2: Yeah, we're,
0: we're looking for sponsors on that one. But the uh, first time we've had a first time we've had a dead on tie. Yeah, I think we have to go a shot, and I both winning this week because. I'll take it. And, and then I'll take I, it. I, I think what we have to do is come to a, an agreement on the pick of the week this week.
1: Okay, cool. But first, I. <laughs> once you
0: again, the victory music. <laughs> Always gotta be there. That is such Always, a good baby. song. It's
2: such a good victory song. <laughs>
0: and, and 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 it does uh you know you, Sean you're pulling away from the bottom of the barrel there and Kyle and Frank because you know that takes me to 13 points for the year. Sean you have seven, Kyle and Frank sitting down there at the bottom with four still a piece. Nice. You're uh, almost double it. to what to what those chumps have down there at the bottom. Oh, yeah,
2: yeah. Fuck the Oscars, you know? Fuck the Oscars!
0: Yeah, yeah. We'll move into the uh, seven day forecast now for the week of November 4th. We have several games releasing this week that I want to talk about skipping over Monday today, moving on to tomorrow, Tuesday, November 5th, coming to PC and PS4. It is Conception Plus Maidens of the Twelve Stars. The baby boom is back as this star filled RPG is reborn. Itsuki Yugi, I think that's how you say that name, I really don't know, pal, you can correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> we'll take Tsuki Yugi. <laughs> Itsuki Yugi is summoned to the magical world of Gran- Granvania to save it from evil impurities. As the savior from another world known as God's Gift, Itsuki and his star children born between him and the 12 star maidens are the only ones capable of banishing these impurities. This is a remake of a PlayStation Vita game that came out. I want to say like five or so years ago that I actually really enjoyed. Because you actually play this character, and and the whole point of the game is to basically go out there and have sex <laughs> with so, these with these anime life, style girls. Life simulator. It's life. Yeah, yeah. It's And you, Kurt Russell in a video game. And you it's have so many. You have so many children. It's like you know you think Kyle has a lot with three. No, no, no. You have like a million in this game, and your kids are your party members. And there's you can have. Like up to twelve on screen at a time, and there's just so many of your children running around. <laughs> what the, F dude? This it's, game it's, sounds weird. It's like Guardians of the
2: Galaxy Two. This guy's uh, ego, the living
0: planet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This this game is is crazy, but it's a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it, and I'm definitely looking forward to checking out the remake on on PS4. Oh
1: my gosh. <laughs> This is the type of game that you would play.
0: (laughs) Oh, absolutely, man. I love these types of games. Are you kidding? So I am definitely going to be checking this out. Uh, Also tomorrow, Tuesday, November 5th, coming to Nintendo Switch. It is Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games Tokyo 2020. Join the world's greatest sports party, celebrate the Olympic Games Tokyo 2020 with your favorite characters, loads of events and so many ways to enjoy the party on your Nintendo Switch. Have a blast competing with your friends in 30 plus action packed 3D and classic 2D sports games, including new events for Tokyo 2020 compete in all new Olympic sports like skateboarding, surfing, sport climbing, and karate in a variety of events including archery, gymnastics, judo, boxing, marathon, football, equestrian, track and field, and many more. I, I already have a, a preview video up on youtube.com forward slash games. You know, shout out to our friends over at Sega. Also shout out to our friends over at Spike Chunsoft. They did send us a copy of Conception Plus, but we also have a copy of Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games. We've had it for about a month now. Um, it's a it's a really fun game man. Woo! this game's really fun and I do have that preview video up on our YouTube channel if you want to check it out But uh, I've been having a blast these games are always fun to play. They really are does it have lasting play value? I hope sounds like it, you could be fun to fire up whenever you're bored for a little while I think it could Just in much of much of the same jumps. way much in the same way that Mario Party is So yeah. you know because it is such a a mini game type of a game that I think that this does have some lasting stuff, especially if you have a consistent group of people that wants to play this game together, that there would be something there for those types of people. Yeah, uh, single single player wise, uh, you know, me being someone that is playing this primarily single player, I, I, I do think I would move on from this shortly after finishing the story and going through some of the mini games multiple times. But if Jessica wanted to sit down and play with me and we wanted to just go through and do some of these games, I think that'd be still fun to do. So let's take a guess at this one. Metacritic guesses, please. Reveal in 3, 2, 1, go. It's an 83 for me, a 76 from Sean, and an 84 from Kyle. Sean, 76, huh? What? Okay, we'll see. We'll see how wrong come you are ahead. this week. We'll see how wrong you are this week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just glad none of us came in at the same freaking score since that's been happening so frequently. Road. on Tuesday, November 5th, come into PC, a game that I'm very excited about. Planet Zoo: Build a world Ooh, for yeah. wildlife in Planet Zoo. From the developers of Planet Coaster and Zoo Tycoon comes the ultimate zoo sim featuring authentic living animals who think, feel and explore the world you create around them. Experience a globe-trotting campaign or let your imagination run wild in the freedom of sandbox mode. Create unique habitats and vast landscapes, make big decisions and meaningful choices, and nurture your animals as you construct and manage the world's wildest zoos zoo tycoon still is one of my favorite tycoon type of games like if we're talking like roller coaster tycoon or even like if we're looking into like the sim city style of games zoo tycoon has always been one of my favorite types of games i've always enjoyed building a zoo and seeing how the animals interact with the environments and that kind of stuff did and you Planet play the zoo World takes one? that yes and i did enjoy it for a brief amount of time but i think okay. that there was um there was like it, it felt unnatural at times to me and i had a hard time really getting into uh what, what was the actual what was the actual name of that game Jurassic something jurassic now. World Evolution i think that's what it was called yeah yeah that's what it was called and i think that's also the same studio i think that was also made by frontier so i i'm hoping that zoo tycoon ends up being or not zoo tycoon planet zoo ends up being insanely strong because zoo tycoon was awesome really enjoyed it planet coaster Phenomenal, like better than Roller Coaster Tycoon ever was. So I'm really hoping that uh, as Avenger realizes Jessica's home over there in the background, uh, I'm hoping that Planet Zoo ends up being incredibly strong. Metacritic guesses on Planet Zoo. Let's see how this goes. Oof, I, I I don't I don't I don't know. I'm uh, OK. Revealing three. Gonna, I'm going to swing two, for the fences on this one. One. Go. Oh my God!
2: 86 for me, 87 <laughs> from Sean, and
0: 80 from Kyle. <laughs> okay, nice. <laughs> I didn't think that. Uh, I didn't think that there would be somebody higher than an 86.
2: So that's incredible to see. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. surprised by that. 87. Yeah. I think you guys swung too high on this. It's still a niche game. You know, it's still kind of a niche market. I think niche we game. might. I think we might
0: have as well. I think we might
2: have as well. But I'm banking on this game being really good. Fair enough. I don't know. Planet Coaster
0: was very well received. It was by the large gaming
1: community, and
0: that's a niche game. True. So true. we'll see. So we'll see. A very big game coming out tomorrow, Tuesday, November 5th. It's the PC version of Red Dead Redemption 2. Red Dead Redemption 2 for PC takes full advantage of the power of the PC to bring every corner of this massive, rich and detailed world to life, from the windswept snowy peaks of the Grizzly Mountains to the dusty roads of Lemoyne from the mud-spattered storefronts of Valentine to the cobbled streets of Saint Denis. New graphical and technical enhancements for deeper immersion include increased draw distances for better navigation, higher quality global illumination and ambient uh, occlusion for improved day and night lighting, higher quality snow trails, improved reflections and deeper, higher resolution shadows all at distances, tessellated tree textures and improved grass and fur textures for added realism in every plant and animal. You know, Red Dead Redemption 2 is an amazing looking game on PS4, especially the PS4 Pro version that I played. I can't imagine how crazy this game is going to look on a, on a fully like decked out PC.
2: It'll it'll look really good and still be so boring. See, I so disagree with that sentiment, man. Red Dead Redemption <laughs> 2 is incredible. I, I know. I'm the only person in the world that feels that way. I, I really feel like that sometimes, but gosh, what a snooze that game was for me. Uh, nothing on Wednesday, November 6th. Moving on to Thursday, November
0: 7th. PC, Nintendo Switch, PS4, Xbox One. Sean, are you ready for this? It's Garfield Kart Furious Racing.
2: Oh yeah, game of the year.
0: (laughs) Garfield, the famous lasagna-loving cat, is back to take on John, Odie, and company in a no-holds-barred racing game. Choose your character and cart according to their characteristics and your driving style. Get off the starting line first to control skids to outrun your opponents. Use crazy bonus objects like the pillow or the magic wand to gain an edge and get over the finishing line first. Are you lazy like Garfield? Take shortcuts to overtake the other racers with the spring. Race your friends in local mode or online with up to eight players on 16 iconic circuits from the world of Garfield. Metacritic guesses for Garfield Kart. Oh, Metacritic. Garfield Kart Furious Racing. Where is this going to come in at? Reveal in three, two, one, go.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Sean's, uh, Sean's breaking a the scale. <laughs> <Yeah>. seven hundred and forty-five. <laughs> he thinks the game's coming in. At.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> greatest game of
0: all time. Sausage fingers. Hold oh, on, that. Greatest <laughs> game. Greatest game of all time. According to Sean seven four hundred and forty-five well, on the Metacritic scale. Girl, <laughs> here's a number. Fight.
2: That's
0: the I, one uh, number! <laughs> <laughs> what an incredibly long soundbite. <laughs> uh, so 74 from Sean. I said 66, and Kyle said 64. I think oh that uh, somewhere in the 60s is definitely probably the right spot to be for Garfield Cart. Whoops. <laughs> Moving on to Friday, November 8th, coming to PS4. <laughs>
2: it's
0: Death Stranding, <laughs> this game <laughs> from legendary game creator Hideo Kojima comes an all new genre defying experience. Sam Bridges must brave a world utterly transformed by the death stranding. Carrying the disconnected remnants of our future in his hands, he embarks on a journey to reconnect the shattered world one step at a time. Courier Simulator 2019, according to some reviews. So this game, dude, this game. I'm I know Kyle uh, potentially not getting it, potentially Uh, canceling the pre-order. I have yet to decide, I think I cannot make a decision on this one yet. I still will be picking it up because I think that I owe it to myself to play this game. And and I want to I want to experience this because it is one of those games based off the reviews that I've read and some of the coverage that I've seen from people that I trust in the industry. It is a game that you're either going to really dig some of the stuff that Kojima tried to do with it or you're absolutely going to hate it. And I'm going to be really disappointed if I fall in the hate camp. But I, 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 I hope that I so. hope I hope that I'm going to like it. I do hope I that I'm going I to could. like it. I do hope that I'm going to like it. And we already obviously, as we talked about in the uh, Metacritic results, we already did this one last week. So moving on, we have three more games coming out. The first to Nintendo Switch, it's Layton's Mystery Journey, Catch Riel and the Millionaire's Conspiracy. Join Catria Leighton, our new hero, as she becomes embroiled in a casual quizzical quest, which has its roots in our hero's search for her missing father, Professor Herschel Leighton. You'll be whisked around London's famous landmarks from the Houses of Parliament to Tower Bridge, following Cat solving case after unlikely case until she unwittingly uncovers the millionaire's conspiracy. This is just a remake of the 3DS game or, or a port, so to speak, uh, not necessarily a remake, more make like a remaster with some added card. Co- I think they added like 40 new puzzles for the Switch version. Um, I'll probably check this out. I I did skip this over on the 3DS. I probably will pick it up on the Switch. These games are always fun. I like Still the Professor have not Layton game. played games. a Professor Layton game. That is yeah, so yeah, shocking yeah, to me. A single one. I don't I I don't doubt that Sean hasn't played it, but Kyle, the fact that you haven't played a Professor Layton game is very shocking to me. I've yeah. never played an Ace Attorney game either. Which is also very shocking. I know. G- two genre, two genres that I think are right up your alley in terms of enjoying like certain puzzle mechanics and quizzical type like type nature of these games. Like I think you would really get a kick out of these. And plus it might make you smarter. Oh, I can oh, use oh. that. I can use that. <laughs> I'm just kidding, obviously. Uh two games no, left. Not. Two games no, left. Got PC, PS4, Xbox One, Need for Speed Heat. <laughs> a game that Sean had ranked in like the top ten on on Thunderdome, I think. Yeah, Sean had this at like number two. (laughs) He was so excited for for Need for Speed Heat.
2: (laughs) Hustle by day and
0: risk it all by night in Need for Speed Heat, a thrilling race experience that pits you against a city's rogue police force as you battle your way into Streets Racing's Elite. Street Racing's Elite, not Streets Racing's Elite. Too many ethics there. Metacritic guesses, please. We already know Sean's going with a, probably a hot 98, but let's see. You, you never know. You <laughs> never know, dog. Let's see what we got here. Revealing three, two, one, go. It's a 76 from me, and 80 from Sean, and an 83 from Kyle. Very surprised, Kyle coming in higher than Sean.
2: Yeah. <laughs> came in, right, you know, <laughs> strategic number coming. here. Yeah. Yeah, gonna gonna you know, in, in the chance that this goes off very well, which I think, you know, looks like an all right racing game for people that like racing games. Yeah, there's uh, a know, chance. Might have a really good game on our hands. Who knows?
0: There's a chance. All right, we'll see if you can hold it, baby. Our last game this week coming to Nintendo Switch. It's New Super Lucky's Tale. Run, jump, climb incredible heights, burrow deep underground, overcome enemies and explore amazing worlds on an epic quest to rescue the Book of Ages from the mysterious Jinx and his nefarious kitty litter experience an incredible variety of gameplay ranging from 3d open world hubs to story based adventure levels to 2d side scrolling challenges rewarding mini games mind bending puzzles thrilling boss battles and a memorable cast of characters
2: okay
0: did you not review this game i did not but i did play it i did play it i played the uh the xbox game pass version when it came out on um uh, pc and xbox one it is a fun game. And I do think this is a it, it is new super lucky sale on the switch. But I think there's a lot of new content in this version. Like it's the same game, but with a ton of added stuff as well. That makes it almost like a new experience. Uh, I am looking forward to checking this out again. It's it's a '90s style rare collectathon. a like thon These games are it. It, it's kind of fun. So let's let's take a shot at this one. Metacritic, guesses, please. Oh, here we go, baby. Here we go. Here we go. Last one of the day, baby. Reveal in three, two, one, go a 79 oh. from me, a 73 from Kyle, and a 73 from Sean. Game we must be drinking
1: there. out of the same cup. <laughs> oh, Yo,
2: yeah. You know, I, and like you said, I think this will be a fun game for people that want to play, like you said, those uh, platforming ones yep. yep, yep, I absolutely
0: agree. But there will be probably something that holds it back, like there usually is for those of games. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Pick of the week this week, though, Sean. You and I have to come to an agreement on this. All right, Okay. So, all right, I think for it's me, hard, Brian, it's hard. It is, what it is hard. My my number one for this week, I think I still have to give the nod to Death Stranding, even with all I of agree. the the. OK, so then we'll just go with it. Death Stranding pick of the week this week, yeah. um, even with all of the like mixed reviews and mixed sentiments in the industry. I still think this is the biggest game coming out this week and probably the biggest. Ah, I can't say the biggest game coming out this month anymore because, I mean, if Pokemon has the chance to blow it away now, Star Wars has the chance to blow it away. Star Wars has the chance to blow it away now. So I can't say that this is the biggest game in November anymore, being how decisive it is. But I still think it's the biggest game this week and a game that still deserves the attention of a majority of people that were interested.
1: I think that this game is not meant to be a blockbuster as much as it's supposed to be a masterpiece. And that's why we got to pick it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's, that's it's the right not, choice. It's not a game that's supposed to beat other games.
0: It's supposed to be a game that you've never seen before. Right. It's meant to be something new and something different. In genre. As, as right. it's described as genre defying, it's meant to be something right. different. So I I do think that has to be the pick of the week this week. So we'll go with Death Stranding as your official pick of the week for this week. I quickly want to talk about leveldowngames.com. If you're unfamiliar, we do more than just audio podcasts. All of our content can be found on our main home on the internet, including new weekly episodes of both Max Level and BG Mania, alongside reviews for the newest released games and accessories, anything we produce on our YouTube channel, and daily news stories. So please, if you aren't a regular visitor of leveldowngames.com, consider bookmarking it and checking it out every so often. It would really mean a lot to all of us and help us out so much as we continue to grow. Podcasts, of course, can always be found on your favorite podcast app of choice every Monday morning for Max Level and every Wednesday morning for BG Mania. But let us now take a dive into the headlines. Yeah, we need to we need to
2: get a soundbite like that. Like, yeah, the, 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 remember that old MTV News, MTV News, MTV News. What? No. <laughs> <Don't even
0: remember. laughs> Well, there, there is a sound bite for what pull used to be the, the weekly. Jesus Christ.
2: let the dogs out? the
1: I can't
2: get it to stop, Kyle. <laughs> I can't, I can't breathe.
0: Well, he have lost Sean.
1: <laughs> oh, gosh, that was so embarrassing. I was like, I don't know what to do. I just got to roll with it. Like, I can't, I can't stop it. I'm on this new soundboard thing and it's just going. It took forever. I clicked the button and like four seconds go by. I'm like, oh, it just must not work. And then. Oh, it's the ah! <laughs>
2: oh,
1: son of a a B, dude. <laughs>
0: I used to have a, a news clip, like a, a news thing that I used for the weekly wrap up. I'll probably use something different this week for the headlines. Maybe I'll try to find something interesting. Not uh, not. What was the name of that group? The Baja Men. Boys, the Bollywood Boys, Uh the Bollywood Boys, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. They they twenty four seven champions 24/7 in the, champion. of, yeah. in the of fame. <laughs> I actually saw them live. Really? And, uh, I saw I went to uh Jeff Jarrett's promotion. Oh, oh G, G
0: GFW or whatever it's called, Global Force Wrestling. It was,
1: yeah, it was Global Force. Re- it was dope. Actually, I saw Bobby Roode. Versus Nick Aldis for the title, and then the Bollywood Boys were in action, and it was yeah.
0: I think before the Bollywood Boys got paired up with Jinder Mahal, they were actually a pretty decent tag team, and now they're just kind of like a joke. They were (laughs) kind of like darlings. Yeah, they're kind of a joke now. But not talking about wrestling, we're talking BlizzCon. 2019 because it is currently as of time of recording ongoing day two is today by the time you're hearing this BlizzCon is over but a majority of the information we needed to know in order to do this segment on the podcast today has already happened we have a lot of more a lot of more we have a lot more information now than we did yesterday when Kyle and I did the reaction video for the opening ceremony which if you've not checked out please head on over to our YouTube channel youtube.com forward slash Games. make sure you check out our reaction video to that opening ceremony leave a like. Uh, leave us a comment. Do whatever you need to do. We reacted to the full thing. Didn't pay too much attention to Hearthstone, unfortunately, as we're not going to do today. Uh, we, were, we were too invested in trying to figure out what the fuck Shadowlands was after that announcement trailer didn't give us much information. So... We did that. We did that. We did that during the reaction video. <laughs> yeah. But oh, uh, we I, I do want you guys, if you have yet to check that out, to to go do that. And then if you're why you're over there, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. But I want to kick things off with just talking about BlizzCon 2019. And what I think is probably still the biggest announcement out of BlizzCon Diablo 4. Yeah, I maybe think, with with the Warcraft expansion, we'll get to here in a little bit with Overwatch 2. Excited for everything, like all three of the stuff we're going to really be focusing on today. But Diablo four really blew me away with the stuff that they decided to show and some of the gameplay that we saw. Plus, just how fucking dark this game looks, man. Yeah, this is I did not
1: expect that.
0: No, this is a incredibly, incredibly dark game, heavily influenced by the occult and demonic themes rather than high fantasy like they've went away from the high fantasy aspect of like Diablo three and to an extent Diablo two as well. And they're moving back to the more dark, demonic nature. That was Diablo one, Diablo one. And Kyle reminded me of this during the reaction video. Diablo one was a very dark game.
1: Oh, yeah absolutely it was even just the first like hour that you play when you find what Lazarus is. Yeah. Uh, the whole Lazarus thing was, was a dark story arc. Uh, Leoric's son just like butchered on a table. Like all this stuff is just,
0: yeah. Diablo, Diablo one was dark. And then when they showed off the trailer initially for Diablo four and, and like, you know, we kind of thought we were getting a glimpse at like the Druid and the barbarian and the sorceress, but that's not the case. We just, we were seeing these like, Tomb raiding guys so to speak going into this area that they shouldn't have been in and shit happens and Lilith ends up getting summoned from the blood of these three individuals very cool cinematic but oh my god dark yeah real dark
1: actually I was shocked that Blizzard put this out because. They haven't gone this direction with any of their games in a long time.
0: Yeah. And and Kyle even noticed it like initially when the opening ceremony started, it even said some of the content is not suitable for all all audiences. And we quickly found out why.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Butch, hide your kids. We we, we quickly found out why.
2: (laughs) Uh, But it was
0: awesome looking. Aside
2: from how dark that cinematic trailer is, it is the best looking cinematic trailer for any video game I have ever seen.
0: I think I could probably agree with that in terms of like actual full cinematics. Yeah, that that was incredibly well done to the point
2: where I literally thought we were looking at actual people at one point. Yeah, the acting, the I mean, the, the story of it, everything about that cinematic is so good. And it really, I mean, it really got me hyped for a game that I think initially I wasn't super hyped for seeing them move away from, you know, they, they already have a high fantasy game that's, you know, ventured into some sci-fi territory here and there with Warcraft, but, but they've got fantasy covered. They've now got kind of, you know, futuristic sci-fi real world covered in Overwatch. They needed to differentiate Diablo a little bit more and and keep it true to what it's good at. And that's the occult. That's the dark. That's the demonic, hellish presence of that game. And seeing them return to that makes me more excited for the game than I think initially I was.
0: Yeah, and it's still, you know, they're going back to that isometric Action RPG world, uh, it's dude. I'm I'm very very intrigued by what we saw with Diablo Four. Uh, much like you, I wasn't too hyped on it initially. Like, you know, obviously we hadn't seen it, so I couldn't say that you know I, I wasn't hyped. But you know, Diablo Three was a fun game. But if they were to have just kind of stuck with that nature, moving you know Diablo Four in the same vein as Diablo Three, especially after last year's announcement, which we didn't hear a peep of during the opening ceremony of Diablo Immortal. I wasn't too hyped on what they could possibly do with Diablo four. And then they really kind of opened my eyes to some very cool things. And I'm very impressed by it. And then that deep dive panel that happened immediately after the opening ceremony kind of just was unbelievable to see some of these things in action. But what I like most about what I think we're hearing with Diablo four is that it's a shared open world with five regions. So in a sense, Diablo four is kind of moving into like a quote unquote, is it, is it not an MMO? Like because, an Ultima online type game yeah, now, right? Yeah. There's a lot of, you're going to encounter other players in the game world because it's a shared open world. And these five regions, from what I understand from the, what the developers were talking about during the, um, the, the panel that took place right after the opening ceremony, like the, the deep dive into Diablo four. There's mounts in the game now, which we found out during the opening ceremony, but these mounts are required because these five regions are so massive that walking through them would take forever. So you have like th- like there's mounts for that reason, so that way if you know you can move through these regions a little bit quicker, otherwise, these regions are massive and that's kind of exciting
2: it's a it's a new turn for the Diablo franchise, which i th- I think'd yeah. be really good for it. I think that it kind of helps you know, you do kind of expect. These open, you know, for good or bad, open world is an expectation kind of in today's adventure gaming landscape, which Diablo definitely falls into. I I like the idea of a big open world that feels connected, you know, as long as there is a kind of a sense of progression that you go through in that world.
0: Right. Yeah. And like the world is kind of what I'm most excited to explore, because what we saw looks very cool. We saw several different landscapes and environments already in the the initial trailers we saw. But they did talk about this weather and the day and night system that's going to exist in Diablo 4. And that also has me very excited because, like I said, they, they really are taking this into a more quote unquote suedo MMO approach. Like if they did World of Diablo next, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I think we would all play it. I think we would all play it as well. I think we're all going to play Diablo four and in, in, in it's, you know, is it an MMO or is it not type of nature? And if we can somehow make sure that all of us are in the same shared open world, we could play together and, and have a lot of fun. And I'm sure that's something that you can do.
1: That's what I want to do. I mean, the game looks like it lends itself well to playing with friends now. Yeah. Which is which is fun and exciting. And we haven't had fun and exciting in Diablo in the same sentence in a little while. So, you know, the game we talked about how stale it's been. We talked about how stale the Diablo type game has been since Diablo 2 came out. I think that was the last like great reception for a Diablo game.
0: Yes, Diablo 2 was incredible.
1: You know, it's just one of those deals where people were looking for them to recreate that magic. And I don't think you can. So I think Diablo 2 was so long ago. (laughs) I know. It's so long ago, dude. I think what they're doing and changing the the game is probably the best way to go instead of trying to go back to a former glory because it'll never measure up. Diablo 2 is like the, the hallmark of the franchise, you know, So I, I like what they're doing. Just redefine the franchise. Don't try to
0: recreate it, which is fun. They did talk about I, I kind of want to talk about these classes here because they mentioned we, we have a we have an in-depth look at three of them. But there's going to be five total that like the actual panel went, went in depth that we're going to have five classes. We're only talking about three today. And they kind of showcased the Barbarian, the Druid and the Sorceress. All three of those classes look incredibly different and fun to play.
2: They do. I, I, I wonder why they didn't announce the other two. Because yeah, I think that's I, gonna I, I,
0: I think they're going to be new to the series.
2: Okay, I I think think the reason reason. reason. I
0: think the reason that they didn't talk about him is because they are, you know, we're not going to see a necromancer, maybe maybe at some point, but not right away. We're not going to maybe we won't see an archer or a ranger right away. Maybe we'll see something else like what could they do? And we are
2: quite a ways out from this game releasing still. The game is a ways away.
0: Yes.
1: I think they missed the mark on that, Brian. I'm not going to lie. Like, if you're going to make kind of like an amazing Diablo experience, why not bring back all the classes? Like, Lilith is back. It's time to freaking throw down. You know what I mean? Like, this is like the ultimate. We've already put her down once. She's back. We're getting really dark. The world's the biggest it's ever been. Why not bring back all the classes? And now you're going to limit it. I could see that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, the Crusader's a little crazy, or the Paladin, they're about the same. I get that. Make them one class. But like a Necromancer, that's classic Diablo. Like,
2: But the Necromancer is very similar to the Diablo 3 Witch Doctor at release as well. And so yeah. I, th- I think that for that reason, they're not bringing all of them back. Also, I don't think that more always means better to some degree i think that limiting what there is and making sure that the classes are distinct but also fun and viable is very important to their vision of this game
1: oh yeah i I can see that and I, i agree with you i think you make valid points i just i just wanted to see more in a wide open expansive world to make it feel like more of a wide open world i mean it's frustrating when you're playing a game where you have access to other players and there's 38 barbarians running around in your world. <laughs> what you I, know
0: think what that, I mean, what what I think that they did do okay though is that the three classes they decided to talk about they covered all their bases with. The barbarian can be your tank type character, or it can be like a strictly melee DPS type character. A druid, I'm assuming it's going to work sort of like Warcraft, where a druid because we saw them even shapeshift into a bear during one of the trailers. So a druid can probably cover multiple aspects of the game uh more more melee probably but still multiple aspects and then the sorceress is your your range type character so there is a character and a playstyle for every type of person there but True. i think that, that but i think that there obviously these two classes that we don't know about is going to get more into like maybe some of the hybrid type stuff or purist type stuff and i don't know exactly which classes they're going to go with i don't because i do think I do think that there's room to introduce a new class or two, but they might do like one new class and then one traditional class like a shaman or a witch doctor or something like that. What classes would you like to see if they
1: had to make new classes? If you were looking for dark occult, you can't be like, oh, I want, you know, uh, a swashbuckler because that's not dark and occult,
0: right? What What about an exorcist?
2: Yeah, an exorcist or a ritualist or a cultist, something that brings yeah. back the feel of the witch doctor and the necromancer, but, but different t- ties into the storyline of the game a little more.
0: Yeah, yeah, I could like see when,
2: that. Yeah, I could totally
0: see like, a you know, just that when you when you ask that, like, that's the first thing, like talking about, like the occult and demonic. And, you know, the, the first type of thing that you think of when you think demons is an exorcist, like someone coming to to cleanse a place or to try to remove a spirit. So
2: something like that would be pretty cool to see. I think we'll probably also get a straight healer class with like a light type thing. So like a paladin or a crusader, I think we'll probably get something like that. And I think we'll probably get something darker. So like a cultist, ritualist, necromancer, witch doctor, because I think that I I think that's probably right. Yeah. And that's going to play into the story.
0: Like barbarian sorceress druid is, is very vague. Like that fits anything very so neutral think, yeah yeah so i think that you know this line of thinking if the last two classes are going to be heavily baked into the story it makes sense for it to be a light and dark type of a thing
2: unless they go just full dark because again also we're missing a kind of a ranged class too in, in terms of a ranged yeah. dps class that's not magic right so like they had the demon well, i guess Hunter, they could or the go go, Hunter, whatever maybe, it was the well, they could go dark
0: ranger at that point if they want really wanted to like we could go into that route if we had to go if we wanted like a darker range character just introduce sylvanas to the world of diablo my cultist just introduce sylvanas into the world of diablo
2: <laughs> she, that's what the that's what the hole that she ripped open in the sky was the yeah. world into was into the sanctuary was the
0: world into exactly <laughs> speaking of her man what the f
1: was up with that like i thought it was cool I feel like they kind of punked Bulvar out.
0: Yeah. I mean, do you want to do you want to move already into Warcraft? Or are we done let's, with Diablo? Let's
2: move into Warcraft because I think that that's a good okay. transition okay. Into, into going okay. in what Sean just a lot, said. A lot, how of, they- a, lot,
0: a lot of stuff we didn't touch on with Diablo. Uh, if there's if you want to find out yes. more information, definitely check it out. There's, you know, talent trees and so many things, skill ranks, rune words, a lot of stuff we didn't touch on with Diablo that I'm that I'm really excited for. But yeah, if we want to move into Warcraft, let's do it.
2: No, it's your show, man. No, let's do it. It's it's no, it's it's the fans show. Oh, okay. Let's do it. Big, big swinging over here. Let's talk Warcraft, baby. Let's let's talk. (laughs) Let's talk the cinematic first, because I do like that they're sticking with Sylvanas going into the Shadowlands, this new expansion pack for World of Warcraft. I do like that they're sticking with this Sylvanas storyline and that Sylvanas has a clear purpose going forward in opening the Shadowlands. And, you know, spoilers for those who haven't seen the uh, cinematic killing Bolvar the Lich King or not killing him, but kill defeating him, him right? Defeating she did him. kill him. She, yeah. He, they, they made it him. a point
0: to say he is not killed. He has been defeated and he is going to assist you in the
2: events leading up to Shadowlands. Now I don't like how he was so easily defeated. That's my biggest gripe about the cinematic was that she single-handedly takes down the Lich King. Well, the biggest meme is that since, since, uh, since Northrend, Bolvar
0: is still level 80 and Sylvanas is level 120 and he just went that's in and actually, one shot the Lich King. That's actually hilarious. She's, she's going to transmog the, the Lich King's helmet. That's what she did it for. It was a yeah. transmog run. Like, like that. That is the biggest thing that I've seen is like that literally what it feels like just happened because. Uh, but but it made and, and Ian went into more detail in the the Warcraft. What's next panel about why they did that? They're, they're talking about um, Sylvanas is basically in leagues now with this mysterious jailer character and the jailer actually was in the cinematic that we saw it was the the character that had like this weird looking armor on all you saw was its eyes and it's in this area known as the maw in the shadowlands So Sylvanas and this Jailer are working together and this Jailer is trying to strengthen the Maw. So the, the world of death is out of balance in Shadowlands and all of the souls when they die are going straight into the Maw. And that's not the way that it's supposed to be like these other four zones exist and these other covenants exist because... When you die, you're supposed to go to one of these areas and just kind of keep death moving as the way it should. But going into this maw is strengthening the jailer, which in turn, because he's working with Sylvanas, is strengthening Sylvanas, which is why she was so easily able to defeat Bolvar with a single rock.
1: <laughs> yeah, she gave she gave him the old rock bottom. Basically, what I
0: mean? basically. But, one, <laughs> but but one thing She's that I did camp. see. Yes. Well, one thing that I did see is that your decision in Battle for Azeroth, whether you were loyal to Sylvanas or not, does not matter in Shadowlands like that has okay. no that has no impact on the story going in there. And that's probably a smart move. Um, You know, definitely just keeping it locked to that particular expansion probably makes the most sense. So uh, that that is something that those who decided to be loyal or against her don't have to worry about since she is still a central figure to Shadowlands.
1: Well, she, she shrugged off every allegiance she had during Basically, the yeah. uh, the Mokra, right? So she just looked at everyone and was like, you're all stupid. I'm out. So it, yeah, that makes the sense. Mokra. Yeah.
2: That's what it's called, right? Yeah, I think so. Is that what it's called in Warcraft? Isn't that from something else? I don't know. Mokra. <laughs> it's uh
1: Saurfang's little like duel. Yeah. Which, by the way, every person that she fights, it's ridiculous how easy it looks for her. Yeah, I mean, it's like
0: well, again, she she's in league. She's, she's in league with the jailer and has continuously been getting stronger because of that. Like Man, she, I- she is one of the more, if not the most powerful character in warcraft right now because of that
1: i don't know she lines up with people and it's like round one fight and then it's over like that's it like you you tee up you're ready to go and then she just
0: and then done like the most powerful people in the game i definitely want to um i i want to more get your how are you feeling thoughts on the expansion after this announcement though sylvanas aside what happened to Bolvar aside Knowing what we know now, and there's been a lot of information that have came out since the opening ceremony about the expansion, about the covenants, about the legendaries, about the rewards, about the new customizations, about the new anima power and soul binding. I want to know how you guys feel on the Shadowlands as an expansion for Warcraft.
1: To sum it up, it feels like Burning Crusade 2.0, but with all the bad parts of Burning
0: Crusade being highlighted. Okay, what do you mean by that? You go to another realm, you deal with factions. I wouldn't call Draenor another realm or Outlands another realm. I think so.
1: It it, it's, it has it's no a,
0: bearing on the original play world. No, it, but it exists in the same realm. Shadowlands is another plane of existence. It's another realm. True. Dr- Draenor you know, you know as the no. Outlands <laughs> was is a broken planet that still exists in the same solar system type of a thing.
1: Right, right. But you're going to transition into a whole new play area. Sure. And instead of factions like Horde and Alliance, it's now like four different factions and you're all well, fighting. That,
2: that, that I is, think Horde that is, and is, 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 Alliance is still Alliance a
1: thing. Horde and Alliance is still a
0: thing. That, that is something that, that Kyle and I were desperately trying to find during the opening ceremony that has since been clarified. Horde and Alliance okay. is still a thing. Um, the covenants do not care if you are or Alliance. So we were right in our thinking that it's going to be very similar to the Aldor and the Scryer from the Burning Crusade going to that right. expansion, using that as an example. Um, so where, you know, the Horde Alliance could both decide to join the Aldor or the Scryers. Horde Alliance can choose any of these four covenants, but your faction still exists. Like you're not going to be able to just indirectly party up with a member of the opposite faction, right. even though okay. you're part of the same covenant.
1: Which I mean, it's it's kind of weird, you know. Like, if you go to the Death World and you're fighting this all new like force, and you're joining a faction, why aren't you unified with everyone in your faction? There's just some continuity issues there. You know what I mean? Sure, I I could see that. Nitpicky, I get that. It's just kind of like okay. You're you're in the death world. Do you really care if you hate a torrent?
0: I mean, yeah, that's why I originally thought that we would be able to play with members of the opposite factions like that. That is something that I was heavily thinking was going to be the case. I thought they were going to blur the lines between factions with this expansion. And I will say I'm kind of glad that they're not. But I I get why the sentiment is there that it it probably still should have been. Yeah. Be, if, if they decided to go this route with the covenants and the covenants themselves, something that I think is going to add a lot of dynamic to the game that a lot of people are not really thinking too deeply into, because there's there's four covenants, there's one for each zone. And the first time you play through, you you know, you're going to be introduced to all four of these covenants and, and figure out what makes them tick and and kind of some of the things that are unique to them, because each covenant is going to have its own reward system Its own mounts, its own pets, its own customization, its own endgame story arc that is different from all the other covenants. Plus, the covenants themselves have a covenant ability that your character will get once upon joining this covenant. And then... Each covenant has a class specific ability that will be unique to you. So if you're a warrior and you join one of these covenants, you're going to have a different ability from a hunter that joins the same covenant. You guys will share the covenant ability, but your class specific ability will be totally different. And those abilities are going to be totally different. Like a hunter joins one covenant is going to have a totally different ability from a hunter that joins a different covenant. And I hope it doesn't come down to the point where there's just one correct covenant per class. Which is probably going to end up happening in terms of the meta and how, you know, DPS works for for rating. There will be a most powerful there. There will be a most powerful and that is unfortunate. But I hope that there's enough viability to all of the specs and all of the abilities and all of the rewards. So that way you do have a legitimate choice like I personally, me looking at all the zones, am in love with Bastion, which is the first area we're going to go to. That's the first leveling zone. I, I think that's everybody's the, really into that. Yeah, that's the one that looks very like Viking heaven type of a place. Uh, my God, that place is fucking gorgeous. The scenery there, the art palette that is like the color palette they decided to use. I would love it if I could choose that covenant and have it be viable in the end game for my character. And not, you know, maybe like, you know, because I'm a druid, and there's the uh, an, an a, a area that is very druidy. <laughs> I yeah. can't remember. Uh, Ar- Ardenwield. Very much Arden like will, the, yes. the Night fay and the Druid aspect. Scenarius is your lost soul that's there, like scenarius returns there. Uh, I, I'm hoping that as a Druid, that's not my most powerful ability because I'm so in tune to that area. Like if I could choose to go to Revendrath, or if I could choose to go to Maldraxxus or, like I said, Bastion, which I really want to choose, then I, I would be OK with
2: that. Yeah, that's, and I think that the lost soul in Bastion is Uther Lightbringer. Is that correct? Yes, it is. <laughs> and that's, serious. That, makes it, nice. that makes it all the better. I mean, yeah. how do you, I mean, you want to go back for fans that have fans that have been playing Warcraft for so long. Who doesn't want to yeah. go back and play with Uther Lightbringer? And that's what's
0: so cool about uh, this new ability, this new mechanic called soul binding, because soul binding is something that we're going to do. As characters in the end game, after we've selected our covenant and kind of are playing through it, we can bind our souls to one of these NPCs that exist in the covenant and we can strengthen ourselves through them. So you would be able to bind yourself to, say, Uther and just be able to take advantage of it. And I'm trying to find here. uh, Here it is right here on Wowhead. There's another reason why you might want to choose a covenant. It's to choose a soul bind in the Shadowlands. You could pick someone you want to soul bind with and kind of trade knowledge. And so your soul bind is going to provide certain powers. There's one in Revendreth called Arrogance, where if you soul bind with this particular NPC, you get the arrogance trait for your character. And if you have higher and then at that point, because you have arrogance, you will have higher health than your enemy and you have a higher crit chance against the enemy because your arrogance trait so it's going to change certain aspects as well as you soul bind to these npcs but it sounds like you can only soul bind to one particular character
2: at a time i'd like to soulbind my brian if that's okay
0: yeah
2: I'll yeah that's I'll
1: fine to level okay. down void um i will go wherever arthas Menethil is
0: arthas is they, they specifically said arthas is dead like he is not which he
2: should be in the, the shadow realms then.
0: Right? Yeah. But 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 they specifically kept the mentioning realm? that 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 he is not there for some reason. I don't know if that's gonna play into the story or not. He's he's gonna be in the maw. I bet you he probably is. And and the maw is this area that they're not talking about. It, it's very elusive. Um he, he probably is going to be somewhere in the maw. You're probably right. Um yeah, Uther is in Bastion. Uh, Cenarius is Arden Weld. Thrall's mother, is in Maldraxxus. And then Revendreth has Kel'thas Sunstrider.
2: I'll go to Revendreth. <laughs> I actually really like the look of Revendreth, too. Revendreth is a yeah. really neat. Uh, you know, the is it Maldraxxus is the uh, the Scourge one? Maldraxxus is, is
0: the one that is very, like, inspired by the Scourge and the, right. the Undead. Yeah. Yep. You know, that one, that one looks like zones we've had before. That one doesn't look that all interesting four, to all me. Four and- of, all four of these zones are actually so well done, though, looking at it.
2: Yeah, I think that the other three really pull ahead, though. Oh, the, absolutely! Like Mount Mal, Mount is definitely the one kind of
0: dragging behind. Revendreth. I like how Gilnean it is and its architecture and how like gothic it is. But they, but they made cool. it a point to say that Revendreth is very like your your evil place. Like
2: your your that's why Kefus is there. <laughs> You know, it does kind of make me want to go back and level up my Death Knight, which is a big thing too. Death Knights are going to be playable by all classes, including all allied races now.
0: Right. Which plays into the story, because I guess that that's going to be part of some of the pre-patch stuff in that Bolvar understands what's going on. Like he can foresee that Sylvanas is coming to do what she does. So he somehow strengthens his crew of Death Knights by like. kind of making sure all the races have access to this type of thing. Like that's going to play into the story.
1: And then she kills all of you. So why would you do it? <laughs>
2: you know, I I think that Blizzard has a really big chance to do something interesting with the story here. The story of the Lich King and the Scourge is so central to the story of Warcraft now. And them going back and revisiting strong. that. Yeah. Going back and revisiting that is is a very big chance for them to do something unique and do something special with this with this expansion that I do not feel has been done since Wrath of the Lich King.
0: I yeah, I'm kind of hesitant, though, you know, The, the like there's so many. My God, I just was looking at one of these images. Look at this, dude. Look at some of the customization options that they're adding. Look at those fucking dwarves. But anyway,
2: um, oh, the undead, the undead look amazing, too. If oh, you haven't no, seen I the know. undead customization, uh, yeah, I, 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 mean, I, I was just
0: looking through some of these stuff from the panel. Um, but oh, yeah, the undead, I'm looking in the trolls right now. But still, like the customization options. Those? No, those are just going to be base uh, to to your when
2: you create a character. Yeah. Yeah.
0: When you create a character, they're just adding new customization stuff like here's the undead. But anyway, um, Sweet. You basically have your Danzig type character there on the top. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I saw that. This is a misfits type stuff. Yeah, Elvira there in the middle. <laughs> um, I, I, I think that there's so much like as there always is with World of Warcraft expansions. There's a lot of people being split on do I like this, do I not like this, and. I was looking at a poll on MMO Champion, which I generally go to to see a lot of things. And there's a lot of people cautiously optimistic about Shadowlands because they're giving players a lot of things that players have been asking for for a while now. They're still obviously kind of stuck in this convoluted story that they started telling for themselves, which is why a lot of people already checked out of Retail Warcraft because of the lore and some of the stuff that's going on in the actual narrative, but gameplay wise, there's still a fun game being done here. And I like that they're adding this anima stuff, which they're saying is not going to be grindable. It's not going to be a grindy system. It's not going to be like artifact power at all. It's not going to be like the heart of Azeroth. So they're definitely changing the way, you know, they said that they don't want you to go in there and have to feel like you have to grind something for 80 hours to be viable. They want you to go in there. You do a couple quests to initial your playstyle, You're done with it. And then you can kind of go back to it at a later time and you're not feeling behind. And I like that because that's one of my biggest complaints With Warcraft from the last couple expansions is that I don't play enough. I I haven't played enough since um, Mr. Pandaria was the last expansion that I went really hard into. Like Warlords of Draenor is when I started checking out because that's when this system started being introduced. Warlords of Draenor had the garrison system. Legion had the artifacts and the legendaries. Uh, what was the fucking Battle for Azeroth had the Heart of Azeroth. So I, I those three expansions, they've had something that... Me as a casual player now, as someone that, you know, I still rated in those expansions, but it was specifically, you know, I played six to 10 hours a week where if I didn't want to fall behind, I would have needed to invest 20, 30, 40 hours a week to stay up to date. I like that that's being taken out of the game now because it actually makes it more accessible to someone like myself that doesn't have the time to invest in an in 80 hour grind to do something or the in time to invest in classic Warcraft to even be viable. Like I don't play right. classic anymore for a reason. So taking that stuff out Is a huge thing and when they said during the panel that there's no artifact power to grind and nothing that needs to grind the crowd erupted dude that is one thing that people have been complaining about is that feeling of a grind and that feeling of having to be stuck in the same thing doing the same thing every time you log in because you had to in order to keep working on your your grind and that's actually really cool.
2: That is. And I think that's a big change in not making, you know, this started with the garrisons, right? Where you had to log in yes. every day and do something, right? And it was this daily chore that you had to do just to stay competitive getting rid of that and making it a game again don't make it a chore don't make it a job make it a game where i can go in and do what i want and have fun that's really what i want out of world of warcraft and that's why i still like playing wow classic is because i can log in go at my own pace do a couple quests level a little bit and get out i don't have daily things that i have to do and so that if I you, think if that's you just want to play if, if you just
0: want to play Wild WoW Classic to play in Quest, then yes, you're going to be very behind if you ever
2: decide you want to raid, oh, of course, <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> but. But it's, you know, it's I don't I don't want a chore list. You know, I don't want a a set list of things I have to do every single time I log in. Uh, I think that's what a lot of people are looking forward to in this in this expansion. Absolutely. And, you know, I I do want to move on here in a minute because we
0: have another game to talk about. We're already kind of running long. I do want to get to Overwatch, too. But I do want to mention that Shadowlands is also the expansion that is finally introducing the level squish. And Kyle, you and I were kind of talking about it while we were waiting for Sean to come into Discord. Um, The leveling system is drastically going to change in World of Warcraft come Shadowlands. So when you create a character, you obviously going unless you start as an allied race, and I think they're going to start at level 20, probably still. But when you create a new character, you are going to level from one to ten in a brand new zone. Everybody is going to level in a brand new zone there. You know, you're not going to go to Elwynn Forest. You're not going to go to Dunmoreau. You're not going to go to Tirisfal or any of these places, Thunder Bluff or Mulgore. You're not going to level in your traditional one through ten zones. Everybody is going to level from one to ten in an instanced zone that is going to introduce you to your character, introduce you to your class, introduce you to the mechanics of your character. And they even said at the end of the instance, there will be an instanced dungeon that is a solo experience. So 1 through 10 is going to be completely different. Once you're level 10, from 10 to 50, you will select the expansion you want to level in. Whether that's Vanilla Warcraft, Burning Crusade, Wrath of the Lich King, Cataclysm, Mist of Pandaria, Legion, Warlords, or Battle for Azeroth. You could select any of those expansions or content packs. And that's where you're going to start leveling from 10 to 50. And that's really cool. And that's going to change the way that leveling works. Everything is going to scale. It's very much a Guild Wars 2 style of system. Now, the entire world is going to scale. So if you say you wanted to start, you wanted to go to you immediately wanted to go to battle for Azeroth for some reason at level 10, you can do that and you can select a zone and you could
2: start playing. I like that I do I like that a lot too. I like it a lot too, and i don't want to i don't want to base the expansion off how I play my alts right. I think that's a sure. poor way to base whether whether I like this expansion or not like oh, it changed right. how i how I level alts to get to the expansion that's not what I want to do, but I do like that leveling alts is easier now. I mean that is something that yeah. I like. It's and it's more it's more fun. It's different, um, and I think that it increases the replay value of getting characters up to max level now, which is what sixty. Absolutely. right? Absolutely, sixty is the max level. Yes. Yeah. So they they the squish is
0: back to you know they're they're rolling it back to level sixty, which I think is the right move. Uh, you know, that that, that way we are we're not costly, you know, we're not eventually going to be looking at characters that are level 150. So I think they're going to drastically change how they approach leveling going forward uh, after this. This is something that they needed to do to keep things in check. So that way, the next expansion maybe will go up to 65. Maybe they'll move up by blocks of five like they did for Cataclysm. Um, you know, maybe it's not going to always be a 10 level system anymore. But or maybe it's just leveling done differently. I don't know, but we'll be leveling from 50 to 60 in the actual Shadowlands zones. And I like that something that they said too, is that specifically talking about the alts that you mentioned there, and this will be the last thing we mentioned, is that alts can start working on their end game content while leveling. So you don't have to wait. as long as you've taken a character through Shadowlands once, like your main character and you know how the systems work, they said when you take an alt to, to Shadowlands for the first, time, you can just pick a covenant. Just go ahead and pick a covenant. You know, you don't have to go through the zones to learn about them. Just pick the covenant you want to go with and you'll automatically get the abilities and being able to start working on your endgame stuff while leveling to 60. That's really that is, cool. And that's going to definitely get
2: smart. Ease up the, you know, some of the reins that alts had. Yes, it was. It was very hard to have multiple viable alts in Legion and Battle for Azeroth because of the grind of the power. Yeah. And
0: Shadowlands is the thing that we'll be getting first. Obviously, that's coming next year, 2020 Diablo four. We talked about earlier, probably 2021, 2022 at the earliest. Same thing. What I understand about our next game and the last game, I want to talk about Overwatch 2. Also, supposedly very early in development, potentially 2021, 2022, before this comes out as well.
1: And it's worth the wait, baby.
0: Overwatch <laughs> 2 looks Overwatch <laughs> 2 looks incredible. Uh, we'll, we'll let Kyle kind of take a jumping off on this
2: one, because I think that you were crying during that cinematic, so. I did get a little uh, emotional during that. You know they they just do such a good job of putting lore and and character in into each of the heroes of Overwatch. Um and it's it's I've said it for a long time. That's my favorite thing and I think that's the strongest point of Overwatch is the characters that they dive a little bit into the lore here and there and I think it's important that they that they ease it out slowly. I think that Overwatch would transition really really well into like an animated television series, right? Or oh, absolutely. A, a series of a a series of films i think that overwatch would do really well with that um, because the characters and the story the story is so classic it's it's the story of heroes that are being pushed away right and and that are being outcast you know it's the story of the incredibles pixar's In- the incredibles it's it's heroes that are now outlawed and nobody wants to see them anymore but they know that what they're doing is right And I think that that story resonates really well with with people that have that heroic tendency in them. Right. And video gamers are those people. This was a cinematic that really played on that with Winston, you know, staying back. Right. And it almost being done. And then very much, very much Avengers Endgame feel to it. Right. Sean, have you watched the cinematic? Yeah, Uh, it very, very, very Avengers Endgame in the the, with the portals of Avengers Endgame and the heroes showing up. Right. This was that same feel of all of a sudden. Now he's here. Now she's here. Now he's here. Right. And it and it makes you it makes you love those characters and it makes you feel like you're a part of it again. You know that they're back and they're going to be doing good. I also really like the inclusion coming with Overwatch 2 of the PVE content. Yeah, that's that's what I'm excited for. Yep. Yes. The co-op missions, the character missions, because you're going to get a lot of that lore. You're going to get a lot of that. Um, And there's four of us here, right? I think that the four of us will probably be really into playing the Overwatch 2 co-op missions between the four of us, because there's I mean, there's going to be a lot to do there. There's going to be a lot to see. And then going through and doing those story missions for those characters and getting a lot of their background there's there's really a lot riding on this and and honestly i think if i trust anybody from blizzard i trust jeff Kaplan. yeah done such we were a good talking about of, that
0: during the opening ceremony yeah. <laughs> he's
2: done such a good job of directing this game up to this point it's really been it's really been a joy to see him you know be such a, a public central figure of the overwatch community and now him getting to realize A little more fully the vision of the backstory of overwatch i think he's gonna really dive into it and i i trust him with this if i like i say if i trust anybody to do something right with a blizzard product i trust jeff kaplan
1: yeah no they've done a really good job with it all all things considered they've introduced heroes throughout the entire course of overwatch one They've all been good. I've never heard one bad thing about any of the heroes. The game's still incredibly playable with even the, all the it, the the new heroes and different things. It still feels very balanced, right? So, it, you
2: know what it does overall. Yeah, I think I you know I think there's thirty plus heroes now, and so you're obviously going to run into some very difficult balancing situations with that. Uh, one of the main important things too is that the pvp content is all staying the same there's going to be new maps and new modes but if you own overwatch one you do not need to buy overwatch two to to play pvp and and competitive modes with overwatch two players those are going to be linked and they're going to be the same the the engine and yet, same, upgrade, same with
0: the characters
2: right you yes, get access to the characters, the characters that well. are being introduced the in overwatch to upgrade the engine upgrade and the modes, the new modes and the new maps, are all going to be available for Overwatch One owners. The Overwatch Two upgrade is going to be for people who want to experience specifically the PVE content, the story missions, and the co-op missions. Yeah, a lot of people are pretty upset about this, um, and I don't see this as a bad thing at all. If you don't, I don't play see why missions, this is an issue no if, if if you don't want to play the pve missions then you just saved yourself money right you get you get grandfathered into overwatch too i feel like what a what a consumer friendly practice that is right there's uh, nothing nothing is better than that they're, they're they're not splitting the player base you don't have to upgrade you already get it for free that's a very friendly practice for people who have already invested a lot of time and money into overwatch all the cosmetics from Overwatch One are going to carry over from Overwatch to, into Overwatch Two. Very, very consumer friendly. I don't, I can't think of a single other game that has done that, that when you put out a sequel or you're upgrading the game, all of the cosmetics you already have, you get to keep every microtransaction you've purchased, every, every, everything you've earned. Every loot you box keep. you've opened. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> how, how, you know, industry forward of them to do this. And I applaud them. I I really do applaud. You know, it's it's difficult to say that we're applauding Blizzard for anything in these days sometimes. Um, yeah, especially recently, they did come
0: out and do a, a quote-unquote apology yes. at, the, at the opening. I and uh, you yes. know it was it wasn't like a sorry we did what we did. It was a sorry we didn't move fast enough in doing certain things. Exactly, like, and a lot of they people de- are upset de- about they that definitely too. skated around the
2: issue, but at least they said something. They did, and and you know what? I think that took a lot of courage. But yeah, uh, to start the show said, that way. Even yeah, yes, ex- absolutely. All that being said. um more than anything else, I am excited for Overwatch 2 out of anything more than anything in BlizzCon this year. Yeah,
0: I I, and I definitely knew you would be. I think for me, obviously, I'm still most excited for Shadowlands just for the aspect of it being something for World of Warcraft, a game that I put more time into than anything else. But Overwatch and I think 2, Sean and
2: Frank would probably take a Diablo 4. Is that right, Sean? Well, I know for Diablo. a fact Frank would
0: take Diablo 4. Yeah. Um, Overwatch 2 is something that I will buy. I really want to experience the story of these characters. And, you know, I, I've i played Overwatch. I own Overwatch. I'm not a huge fan of Overwatch because I'm not a huge fan of arena shooters. And that's what Overwatch basically is. But I'm a fan of the characters. I'm a fan of the world. And I'm a fan of the lore that they've told through the cinematic trailers that get introduced for each one of these characters every time they they come out into the game. Like, I'm a fan of that because I'm a fan of storytelling and I'm a fan of Blizzard. So being able to really get invested in their backstories and some of the things that make these characters who they are and make them, you know, exist in this world of Overwatch. That's what I want to learn about. And that's what I want to do. So that's why I'm so excited to really jump into these story missions that they're saying, you know, will be different each time because, you know, you're going to get dropped into these story missions and you're going to have items that's going to kind of act like a Fortnite, PUBG, Apex Legends style where it's randomized So the story missions will be somewhat changed and it and, and not and I don't want that to be a bad thing. I'm not talking about it in terms of like it's going to be a battle royale because it's not. But the items that you're going to find and some of the things that you're going to experience in the story missions will be different on a on a game by game basis. So that's actually really interesting to me. And the hero mode, which is going to enable you to you know, build these characters and select talents at certain levels. Like I'm looking at a screenshot of Tracer at level one. She can either choose adaptive reload or chain reaction, you know, pulse pistols, reload when using any ability for adaptive reload or chain reaction. Pulse bombs cause secondary explosions on enemies that are damaged by it. That's just your level one talent at level 10. You unlock two more at level 20. You unlock two more and you're going to have to choose between one or the other. So you're going to be able to customize and make these characters a character that is more unique to you and your playstyle. That's actually
2: really cool. I and we talked about this during the re- those changes of yeah. those changes of um, abilities and, and skills are going to go over into the competitive mode. And I don't think they will, but I don't think they will either, because I think that would be will unfair. Be- it will be fun to experiment with those in a single player arena or a co-op arena. Yeah, i
0: i i think Overwatch 2 has a lot of potential uh you know i've seen the argument out there it should have just been like an upgrade version for Overwatch and i and i get that but it just look at it that way then just you know if you want to look at overwatch 2 as an upgrade exactly. overwatch 1 it's it semantics. can be that yeah it's it's semantics. Really, so I'm more is. than happy
2: to to pay the entry price for the for the solo and co-op missions of this game I'm more than happy to yeah. do that
0: you could call it which overwatch, they probably, which they probably the would have charged boogaloo. for
2: anyway yeah. they probably would have charged for it anyway it. had they introduced it to I'm happy we're getting that content you can call it call it overwatch 9 you can skip mm-hmm. 2 through 8 who cares yeah. what it's called we're getting great content out of this and they're really they're really making a good product I think
0: yeah, I, I think that Overwatch 2 has a lot of potential. I mean, we'll, I mean we didn't spend much time on it, but we, we are going to move on here just for sake of time where we're running long here. Uh, a lot of information we didn't cover on Overwatch 2 as well. So definitely if you're interested in any, any, like I said, we, we barely scratched the surface for all three of these games. Diablo 4, World of Warcraft, Shadowlands and Overwatch 2. Uh, there's so much more information out there if you want to check it out and really see more on it. Uh, And we will heavily be focusing on these games as the the months and years go by, because, you know, we are fans of Blizzard and we are fans of all three of these franchises and and really are going to invest ourselves in these games. So as they get closer and more information comes out, we'll we'll talk about it more, obviously. But that music right there means it's time for a little. Oh, yeah. Kickstart my heart. And I have a great looking game here that I want to talk to you guys about from the studio that brought us Sonic Mania. Evil is about to get boned, Sean. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I really hope this game catches on because it hasn't yet. The name of this game is Vertebreaker. Rest in peace. You wish. Vertebreaker is a brand new and authentic pixel based side scroller from Headcanon, the studio that helped bring Sonic Mania to the masses, starring a stubby yet seemingly unstoppable skeleton who's thrashing their way to victory. It's gothic, cartoonish and unabashedly retro. Take control of our bony hero in a crusade to crush the undead and look cool while doing it. In traversal is key as you slash, bash, and grapple your way through the most wicked 2D adventure yet. What is traversal? It's slinging, swinging, and launching from floors, walls, and ceilings to propel yourself forward, or even upward, with serious speed. Save the day with our pearly bone mascot, their mysterious golden half-skull, and their sick grappling hook made from the spine of a demon. What demon? It doesn't matter, does it? (laughs)
2: <laughs>
0: uh i watched the trailer for this one my god does this game look fun and then i listened to the snippets of the soundtrack that are included in the campaign on kickstarter holy crap it sounds like sonic music yeah it does i just booted it up yeah like it it literally sounds like retro sonic style music what i love about this is there is a demo if you want to download it on kickstarter you, again the name of the game is vertebraker uh, this is something that, again, I really hope catches on because it is a strong team. Uh, did you guys play Sonic Mania?
2: Yeah. I've, yeah, I've played and beat Sonic Mania many times. Phenomenal um, yeah, I, game, I, dude. I think there's four different modes you can play it through. It's it's Sonic, Sonic and Tails, Knuckles, and Just Tails. Yeah. I think, and I've beaten it on all
0: of them, yeah. <laughs> Sonic Mania is incredible, and what they're trying to do here with Vertebreaker, I think is also pretty cool. Uh, There's going to be six massive levels, both a boss and mini boss for each level, penultimate and final bosses, a time attack mode, a boss rush mode, a sound test mode. And obviously they're going to be it's a a PC version. So um, there will be a switch port if they make it to three hundred and thirty thousand US dollars, which they are a far cry from at the moment. Uh, Still 28 days to go. This game has yet to catch on. Uh, it, it's been on there Kickstarter for four to six days now, depending on how long you know the Kickstarter campaigns last. They're looking for two hundred seventy-five thousand US dollars. They're only at nine thousand seven hundred right now, and so they haven't even broken ten thousand yet. If it stays on this trajectory, it's not even going to get to half. Yeah, it, it won't even get it, to a
2: quarter if it stays on this trajectory. And that's a that's a shame, but it it looks and twenty dollars is an entry point for a copy of the game when it's released. Which yeah, I think which is, is a, a terrible very price if you've played Sonic yeah. Mania. Um, yeah, and, and you
0: know how I, this team is, and you know how their style yes. is. Man, twenty bucks is a great price point. Absolutely,
2: it looks like a really fun game. Yeah. I mean, this is this is a game that I'm going to back. It's yeah, a this.
1: hybrid between Sonic and Earthworm Jim. Ooh, and, I can see that. Uh, yeah, that's uh, a, yeah, that's could, a pretty
2: good that's a pretty good comparison. I don't know how how
1: right. you could sniff at that? You know what I mean? Like that. <laughs> the game looks good. The game looks good. I think honestly it's it's a step back from sonic mania but Probably. Sonic Mania was such a rich like detailed game there's plus, so plus much background and music and the ip you're familiar with it this is something that is brand new and i could see why people would be like i
2: don't know if i'm gonna
0: but i this is the closest i've ever been to wanting to pledge for a game really Yeah. So just just we know we know what the studio is capable of. We know that the studio performed, you know, they did something amazing with Sonic Mania. They made an amazing 2D Sonic game, which we hadn't seen for many, many, many years. You know, Sonic struggles in the modern time period of video games. We know that the 3D Sonic games definitely are have never really found their mark besides the Sonic Adventure games and the Dreamcast. And then 2D Sonic games haven't really been good since the Genesis era. And then headcanon comes along and they make Sonic Mania and it's a throwback to the old style Sonic games and it was incredible. So to see this project that is their next game, that's something original, not catching on yet, does kind of make me a little sad because this team is so good. And I think they deserve the chance to, you know, make a game that is them, that is not Sonic like this is them. This is their identity now that that is not an already established IP. So I do hope this catches fire over the next 28 days. And I do hope that this actually, even if it doesn't make its Kickstarter goal initially, I hope that either a studio is willing to give them a chance and picks it up or they relaunch on Kickstarter down the road. And it's it's a much better time for them. I'm hoping right. that either one of those two comes through because I would love to play this game. I think it looks incredible.
1: I the game looks good. I'm I'm always kind of afraid of like the trend of the donating. You know what I mean? The fact that, like you touched on earlier, they have so little pledged dollars right now. That's unfortunate. But, I mean, the meter itself, they still have
0: a long way to go. They got 28 days to go. Yeah, they could. It could still do it. It's just if it stays on the trajectory it is now, they're not even going to come close. Right, right. I mean,
1: you look at the amount that they have on here. I always find it impressive to see the median like donation. Yeah, and yeah. the median donation is like twenty-eight, twenty-nine dollars.
0: Yeah, so there's people that are, you know, just giving a little bit more than the actual $20 it would cost to get a copy of the game. People are I pledging like to, like, pretty, the $25, $30 tiers, yeah. and that's really cool.
1: It's pretty indicative to see that the majority of people would pledge more than they need to to get the game if they, like, love and believe in the product. So I hope it does
0: take off. Yeah, I mean, there's three people so far that have pledged 500 to help design an enemy. So Insane. Yeah, Yeah, which is really cool. Uh, we'll be keeping an eye on this one here because it is something that I think all all of us would enjoy here at Level Down Games at Max Level. So we'll be keeping an eye on this one as the uh, as the campaign gets closer to ending to see if it's going to make it. But that sound right there means we have slipped into the bonus stage. For newcomers, what the bonus stage consists of is a series of five questions. Whomever is the first to shout out their name and then deliver the correct answer within three seconds gets the point. If you guess and get it wrong, the others have a chance to answer once. If everyone's incorrect, we move on. The person with the most amount of points at the end of bonus stage gets to deliver the final address Woo! for the outro. Are you ready?
2: Oh, yeah, baby. Let's this is my it. week. This is my week. This is your week. Can you guess
0: the Nintendo characters each description is referring yes. to. Yes, I can. Okay. I, think okay, you guys, okay. I think you might be able to. And I And I apologize for the quick nature of this bonus stage. It's, it's not going to be as in-depth. I put this one together when we were talking at like 4 a.m. last night, Kyle. So <laughs> no, 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 no. All right, Question let's do it. number we're ready, one. Bud. Question number one. I always seem to be captured by a dragon turtle. Fungi-like creatures serve me, and I'm rescued by a man in overalls. Who am I? Kyle. Kyle. Princess Peach. That is correct. Thank you. Good job, buddy. One point to Kyle. Thank you. That's a one of five. Here we go. You you might go five for five on this one. Question <laughs> number two. I am a Pokemon. I first had black skin, but it was later changed to purple due to racism claims. Who am I? <laughs> Kyle. Kyle.
2: Uh, Jinx. That is correct. It is Jinx. Yes. <laughs> nice job.
0: I thought I was going to guess Mr. Mime. I don't know why. I, I <laughs> ah, Dang it. It, it is Jinx. Jinx is black. Like, man, that is, that is, that is, I can see why it's, it was changed. Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember can, that. I thing can thing see why it was now. changed. Yeah, I, I remember it as well. Question number three. Two points for Kyle already. Question number three. I tend to use a large amount of weapons. Even though the game series is named after her, I've saved a princess so many times I've lost track. Who am I? Sean. Sean, Sean, damn it. Who said it? Sean. Oh, Link. That is Link. You are correct. One point to Sean. Hey-o. Literally, who am I? Like, I was still trailing off the eye and Sean came in. Like, I had finished asking the question. You were so fast on that one. <laughs> yep. Gotta get it. Yep. All right. Two to one. Question number four. I use creatures that can evolve to fight. My game series name translates to Pocket Monsters, and I can be named and chosen as a boy or a girl. Who am I? Sean. 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 Come on. Ash. Catch him. Uh, Kyle, Kyle. Kyle. Yeah. Kyle. A little luminary. <laughs> Kyle. <laughs> Kyle. Red. Ah, uh, no, no. The the actual name of the character we were looking for is
2: Pokemon Trainer. What? Doesn't it? Isn't his default it. name Red? Um, in in uh in the original Pokemon game, it's red or blue depending on.
0: I guess it's red or
2: depending on which version you bought. Yeah, so I can't really say red
0: because if you bought Ash, blue,
2: it's not Ash. Ash is a boy. It's it's not Ash. Ash yes, it's girl. not
0: Ash. It's not Ash, and I I don't know that I can All say right. red because if you bought blue, then it's not red. Right, but is oh. This Pokemon, guy over here Pokemon Trainer. here,
1: you right now. Pokemon
0: <laughs> Trainer is the name of the character in Smash Bros.
1: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> if
2: you believe the mm. precedent
0: set in the Pokemon Indigo series <laughs> anime,
1: I could say that Wait,
2: read the question again.
0: I use creatures that can evolve to fight. My game series name translates to Pocket Monsters, and I can be named and chosen as a boy or a girl.
1: This is a Smash okay. reference. This is why he's called Pokemon <laughs> Trainer. Named or chosen. That's why, yeah, it, I
2: was no, wrong. No, 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 no. But it's not a Smash no, reference you because can't, you, can't you can't name him the in the Smash- character
0: smash but i think i I think we'll just go ahead and i think we'll just do question five because it's two to one Uh. no it's two to one we'll just move on to question five uh We'll we'll, we'll, neither one of you got that one we'll just say that because you both suck and don't realize pokemon trainer no just kidding (laughs) i I, I don't want to give it to either one because they were both wrong to an extent they both were right but they both were wrong as well i feel like pokemon trainer is wrong too uh, though if maybe I could, maybe, be maybe real. it was just a bad one. I did do this at 4 a.m. Maybe it was just a bad fair one. Enough, fair enough fair, <laughs> enough. fair enough.
1: Fair enough. enough. This is a Jeopardy. We're uh, not going uh, yeah. back over if here. If you, if you want to
0: submit this
1: for like the ultimate debate, who is the most synonymous Pokemon trainer? I know. You know what I
0: mean? question number yeah. five. <laughs> it's Gary. The answer's Gary. Let's move on. <laughs> question number five. I am a prince. My game series name has the same meaning as Pyro badge, and I often speak in Japanese. Who am I? Sean. Sean. Marth? It is Marth. Heyo! Cut the fire down baby!
2: (laughs) 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 It is Marth. Marth is basically a princess, but...
0: (laughs) Which means I need to grab a freaking tiebreaker question. Something I wasn't expecting. Where's my Marth button? Where's that? Where is he? Sean coming in here Uh and surprising me with the the Marth. I didn't think you were going to get that one. Hey, got to get it, baby. You got to get it. It's just... The name of the game. That's OK. I can grab a tiebreaker here. Let's see here. I am a robot. I was the ancient minister in Super Smash Brothers Brawl, and I have raced against a red plumber. Who am I? Oh, uh, what? Tiebreaker. We're going with the hard one first. See if you guys can get this Hold line. on, hold on. You're I, a robot. I am, I am a robot. I was the ancient minister in Super Smash Brothers bar- Brawl, and I have raced against a red plumber. Who am I?
2: Oh, uh, Kyle, Kyle. Rob? It is Rob. Yes. Oh nice. Yes, I was <laughs> I was job. going through uh Smash Bros Brawl it, characters, the, 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 the like, actual like characters roster in your head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I played I played Rob. That's the only way that I uh Yeah. Rob was introduced in Brawl. And yep, that
0: is the answer. So Kyle with 3 points, Sean's 2. That was uh... a that was a good one. You guys came down right to the wire on that one. Old stupid Pokémon trainer question messed us up, but uh,
2: Kyle. Get that crap out of here.
0: As you said, it is your week. You get to deliver the final address.
2: All right. Well, there's something I want to say. We're recording this show on uh November second. And uh tomorrow is November third. And i w I wanna go back to nineteen ninety-eight real quick. Nineteen ninety eight <laughs> I was in sixth what? grade. I was in sixth grade and there was a there was a long haired, skinny boy playing trumpet and band just a couple rows ahead of me. And him and I became friends. That man today, I'm still playing video games with. We've been friends all these years. Uh, happy birthday to Sean on November 3rd, yeah. 2019. Sean's birthday is tomorrow. The big 40, th- 44. <laughs> <laughs> turning the big 33. Yeah. Happy birthday to Sean, man. Long Thanks, haired man. skinny kid playing trumpet. Come now, please. can you tell? Hey, can now you tell Sanzi happy birthday, my friend? Happy bald. birthday, Sanzi. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you, sir. Uh, Thank you very much. Happy birthday. Yeah, happy
0: birthday to you, Sean. Now bald, no hair, doesn't, doesn't know how to play the trumpet anymore.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's
0: still. Whoa, what the freak he, is that? He plays a different kind of trumpet now. He plays the, the skin flute now,
1: but... the... <laughs> <laughs> no, mean, guys... happy,
2: happy birthday, Sean. Happy to have you, my friend. Hey, thank you guys very much. I appreciate it. It's good to be here. Twenty-two years of friendship with this with this kid. Turning 33, yep. huh? 33
0: years old. Joining the yep. old 33 club. I've been there for yep. a while now. This is the only instrument that
1: I know how to play these days. <laughs> this
2: is the <laughs> best thing ever. <laughs> You think about it though. Sean and I both turning 33 within the next nine days. Yep. Sean and I are that, that close in age. We're, we're seven days apart. Both of us turning 33 years old. Yeah, Sean and I at 33 years old will have known each other for two thirds of our lives, been, been best friends for two thirds of our life. It's crazy. Yeah.
1: Wild, right? that's crazy. That's absurd. It's absurd. Just show, just show that you have a bad judge of character, my friend.
0: <laughs>
1: Why it's lasted this long? Who knows? Yeah, I don't know, <laughs> but hey, you know, good on you for being committed, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I've, uh, I've, I've known you guys for uh, for fourteen, almost fifteen years now, so
2: yeah we've got some years yeah, behind us too
0: not not nearly not nearly not nearly the 22 years but still a decent amount of time so, yeah yeah
2: and still matter. a decent showing decent rookie numbers but but looks promising yeah 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 you know we're getting there <laughs> that is gonna do it for Slowly this week though we want to truly. thank you for
0: sticking with us and listening to another episode of max level made possible by leveldowngames.com that's your motto sean Deep and throat. thanks again to dance with the dead for all the awesome music regardless of the podcast service you're listening through be sure to show your support by leaving a rating and a review especially if you're listening through Apple Podcasts, we'd also be grateful if you could drop it over to our YouTube channel, that's youtube.com forward slash Games, subscribe to us there. And if you haven't already, while you're at it, hit up twitch.tv forward slash Games and click that follow button. Stalking us on social media is perfectly acceptable. Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook would be the place to do so. Check the description box for the appropriate links. Our Discord link is also in there as well. Join us in there. We have a lot of fun. Until next week, keep gaining experience until you reach.
2: Max, max. Max. Level. level. Wesley, come here. Wesley, no, come here. Gosh, he was difficult.
0: Wesley. Are we getting the kids to sign us out? Are we getting kids to sign us out? Wesley, come here. Wesley. Yeah. No, that's
2: not. Come here. I want you to say something in the microphone. <laughs> it's like, I don't yeah. want give him. No, 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 no. Give, <laughs> me, give me, give me, me like, give me candy. Say, say, Max. Max. Level. <laughs> say Max! <laughs> Level! Beautiful. <Level. laughs> Gus, come here, save Max! That <laughs> okay, doesn't say anything. That's gonna say waffle. <laughs>
1: Oh yeah!